because of the way their contracts set up. Like the record labels and shit own the music. They make money going on the road. So they're not trying to put out music right now that they're not going to make money off of because they can't go on the road. That makes a lot of sense. But yeah, it's been a lack of discipline due to the virus. Like, hell of a lot. Yeah, trust me, them niggas got catalogs ready, but what the f- it, it doesn't make sense for them to put it out right now, and I don't blame them. But should they be hustling in other ways then? Because the fans are just sitting around on their hands, staring at the ceiling, making becoming, you know, the 20, 30 minutes that a guy might have had in the playlist is being substituted by something else now. Clubhouse, uh, podcast, you know, a lot of different things. So, you know, is that's what I, I guess that's kind of the double-edged sword that I'm asking. Is it you know, is it a lack of hustle? Because just because you want a contract and your contract says X, Y, Z, should you or could you be able to do other things? Or would you do other things if you could? You know what I'm saying? Like, just the veggie. I think I think it's a catch twenty two. Just with the pandemic, I feel like it's some right. people who, who are finding the easy way out with unemployment. Yeah, and you got some right. people who realizing that they can get this money from home, start their own business, get their LLC. So I really, it's like a catch twenty two. So we gonna wait a little bit longer. Um, what I'm going to do? I'm gonna screenshot this. I'm gonna put it on an Instagram accounts. If you're new in the room, everybody go tap in at the top basis. We've never been in here before. You know, we'll be here for some hours. I really want to talk about it. I got some notes written down right here. You know, we talk about the rap industry. We talk about the car industry. We just want to talk about the movie industry and. and do we think people are, are, did they step up and hustle? Like, are people utilizing these apps correctly? Like, I just want to have a conversation on a Friday night that's kind of fruitful with guys, you know, outside of the regular things. Y'all fucking with it or not? Yep. Yeah, I fuck with that. Yeah. So, again, where are everybody from? Where's everybody from? Whatsoever, like where you at? Don't talk over everybody, but you know. I'm at ATX over here, Austin, Texas. Okay, yeah, Houston, Texas, baby. Let's go, city open. Yes, yes. So, Cal, we were at 74 degrees today. Sacramento, California, it rained today. It's fucking February, the rainiest month in LA, and it hasn't rained at all. Somebody uh, just said on some hate and shit, 74 degrees. Yeah, I had to slide that in. <laughs> I was in the back trying to pin the comment. I had to stop and turn around and unmute. Like, oh, hold on, hold on. We're not doing no 74 degree talk in here when the rest of America's freezing. I felt guilty, but I was like, it's the facts. And I was going to move back to, like, to Texas or Georgia in a few years. And now I'm rethinking that. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do it. DMV Merlin and it's burr outside. <laughs> per usual. You got snow out there or no? 
It was like a um, ice rain, so they canceled like after school building. They closed the buildings down, so yeah, it was it was a little icy. So I got a little snow day again. I'm from DMV too, Virginia. It's cold, black ice. Hell yeah. My bad, y'all. I was trying to post the post the shit, and then some some weird person's Instagram I never seen before in my fucking life live came across my screen, and then I was the only guy sitting in the live looking like a weirdo. Now I was going to say, at the bottom, OTG came and left. I hate that shit, bro. <laughs> Like, I hate it, but you can't turn it off. Like, if you turn it off, then they turn off how far your posts reach, even if you never watch their fucking lives. It's trash, bro. Yeah, for y'all who didn't know that. If you turn off people's live alerts and Instagram, so say you turn them off, like, man, I don't want to see when nobody goes live. What they'll do is they'll stop showing your posts to those people. They'll limit it. So if they don't really like a lot of your posts, you don't really like a lot of their posts, it'll just stop showing your shit to them altogether. You know what I mean? Because you're essentially saying that some of these people, when you don't get those alerts, the reason why you get the alerts from people you don't follow that much is to try to get you to engage with them, like social distancing type shit. When you turn the notifications off on them, it's kind of like saying, man, I don't fuck with them niggas. So it's going to put them in the back. Now when you pay for a promotion, like spend five, seven, eight, ten dollars or some shit, then you'll notice that those same people who now followed you now see your shit, and that's part of the trick, how they get the numbers up, is they advertise your shit to people that's already following that they cut off to save on server space. So long story short, don't turn your, your shit off if you want to get more likes and engagement. Anyway, um, what do you guys do? Who's an entrepreneur in here? Who's got who started? Who's got their own business? I do uh, affiliate marketing through uh, advertisement and SEO on Google. So I've been doing that for some time, and I don't have to ask nobody for nothing. Uh, so that's that's it. The epitome of entrepreneurship. My shit is on autopilot. So. I'm a fashion designer. Say your names real quick, guys. Say your names real quick. Oh, I'm Gerilyn at the bottom. Okay. And you said you're a fashion designer? Yes, located in Orlando, Florida. I specialize in custom garments, wedding dresses, uh, everyday wear, 
How long have you been doing that? Uh, I've been designing over like 17 years, but I started sewing six years ago. And you do that full-time for yourself? Yes, that's my full-time job. I work from home. Um, I used to have a storefront, but I just made more money online than, than having a store. So I have my own um, studio in my home, and I work from home. That's lit. That's lit. I'm gonna come back to 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 you and the brother with the affiliate marketing. How long have you been affiliate marketing? I know you just said it, but could you say it again for me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is Denot. Uh, I'm like in the fourth row, I believe. Uh, I've been doing the thing is I've been doing it since I was like a teenager, since before it really got popping, and uh, I just started taking it serious about two years ago because I'm out in LA and I was just like, I gotta, I gotta survive because I got some crazy shit going on. And so I uh, put my skills to the test, created uh, some micro niche sites selling like a solar portable solar, solar panel and some digital courses and stuff like that. Um, ranking on Google. So if you Google certain birds, my website is to show up in the top spot and I get attraction there, catch their emails and stuff, and just have all of this shit on autopilot. So uh, I'm pretty much at peace because I'm so glad that I learned how to do all of that stuff, like HTML code, coding and stuff when I was a teenager. So as soon as I applied it and, you know, invested money into it, I saw results quick. So that's one thing that I do. And I sometimes help other people uh, do the same thing. And uh, I've been on TV shows and stuff too, but that's how I survive by uh, affiliate marketing. All right, all right. So what I want you guys to do who's on stage right now, tap my profile in the top left corner. Go tap in. Go tap in on my Instagram and just drop a pin. Once that means what that means is, for most of you guys, all you gotta do. Is just type in pin and a little red pin will pop up and say where you're from and say what your clubhouse name is. So as the room grows, you know what I mean? People can see who's on stage. They can link. They can see who's talking. They could kind of go that way. That's something new I want to implement. I've got all these followers. Like you guys got me to 16,000. So... You know, I feel like in some way, form, or fashion, I got to give something back for you guys attending these rooms and sitting and talking and having these conversations. So, you know, um, you drop your name in the comments. You know, I met a lot of people. I do a lot of things. You never know who's looking. You know, put your clubhouse name. You'll probably get some follows. If you click the link in my bio, it'll take you to the Patreon. Um. Black owned business is the only thing I do. I sold cars, but I did it kind of like 1099. I worked at a record label for the last 10 years. I've been overtime grind. You know, I rain, sleet, snow, sunny when it was hard and when it was good. So, you know, join the Patreon if you like the, the stuff that I'm creating. Um, join the Discord. It's a live conversation going on back there. You get access to 
live shows and, and all kinds of different things for just joining the Patreon. But there's a free option. It's community organizing and nation building black conversations all the time. Like this one. Um, yeah, so with that, go tap in, raise your hand, come on the stage. You know, a lot of you guys come to the conspiracy theory room, but it's time to have other conversations outside of that, too. You know, um, so hit that plus button, ping some people in here, let them know everybody's welcome, everybody could speak, and let's start getting into the conversation. So, I was sitting here earlier. And I was thinking, you know, to be honest, if I'm going to be completely honest of where this conversation came from, what I thought about was I was watching a video and I seen, I can't believe I'm going to be dishonest with y'all niggas, man. But I had seen this picture of this nigga Troy, Tory Lane's fucking head. And I was like, this nigga is a nut, bro. Like, he's running around out here with this fucked up ass head. Niggas just taking pictures. And all of this shit is like promo. You know what I mean? Like, when you think about it on the back end, it's like some shit is a hustle. Some shit is like cool. But then I started thinking about all the shit that's been going on in rap, been going on in business. Like, when we talk about the Super Bowl and we talk about that shit, like, that shit don't, I don't know. To me, that shit seem like a hustle, right? You know what I mean? That shit seem kind of weak. I don't know. And I be feeling like we be falling for the goofy shit because we just not disciplined. You know what I'm saying? And so when I thought about it, like, I thought about how much people was hating on people because they got... $10,000 or they got $2,000 for unemployment and they did this and they went on a trip and all this other extra shit that we could say is people being undisciplined. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, bro. I feel like I want to have a conversation that's just kind of like accountable too. That, that if we was, that's why I put it in safe spaces. You know what I mean? So if y'all familiar with the safe spaces, John, this is where everybody's opinion matters. And I try my best to keep it civil as shit in here. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes I snap, but the goal is for us to, at the end, try to come to the resolution of hearing a bunch of different opinions and walking away with that information. Right? So... That's why I did it at this room, this this club, instead of the truth or something else. Because I really wanted to have this conversation like, it's a year later, right? We're about to go into a year of us being in quarantine. We're about to, for some of us, I know like people saying Texas shit is live, Atlanta, other places. But y'all know, uh, other places we've been locked down. You know what I mean? Like, it's been kind of crazy outside. It's been whenever something happens, it's been a shortage of food and all kinds of craziness going on. So a year into it, do you think that this should expose a lack of hustle and or discipline? And, and 
a plethora of things. You choose what you want to say, but I feel like I'll go first because I want to just go down the list. If you don't want to talk, you could bail. If you want to come up here, you could raise your hand if you want to get your opinion. I got time, so we'll probably go through the whole list if we keep it short. You know, but I believe in the black community, it exposed um, a lack of hustle and discipline. And I feel like we started a lot of businesses. I know a lot of people who started a lot of businesses. But I also know a lot of people who quit a lot of things. You know what I mean? And they quit these things very early without really knowing this not really stable ground. So it's cool to feel like an entrepreneur and do certain things right now, but this time is the first time that we ever been here. And niggas got kids and shit, and we really got time off. Like, is it really the wisest time to go start a business, my nigga, right now in the middle of a motherfucking pandemic? Do we really know how, if this shit is going to last in five years when we outside this shit implemented with new rules? Like, should this be the time you should be locking down on the shit that you was already doing and doubling down? And taking time to like stiffen up and get better and get bigger and tighten up. Like, I don't know. That's my opinion. So I feel like as we started a lot of things, I'm not upset that black people getting their feet wet and in business, not at all, because it gives me more people to buy shit from. You know, my personal opinion doesn't affect my spending power. Also, being a, a car salesman. You know, I've learned to take the emotion out. I see a black person, I buy from them. If the shit look like some shit I, I want, I don't really worry about the price. If I got it, then I'll pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of how I roll. If I need it and I want it at the time you show it to me, whatever the fucking price you say it is, and I got it in my pocket or I can cash app you, nigga, I'm probably going to buy it unless you fuck it up. And it's not, you know, from selling cars, it's pretty hard to fuck it up with a car salesman. You know what I mean? Like, I want you to succeed. So, in that aspect, like, my personal opinions and how I see things don't really affect my spending power. It doesn't affect my everyday movement because I only know how to move and live and operate amongst black people and the type of black people who tolerate white people. You know, so I work around white people. I've worked for Jewish people. I've done all this shit. I've worked in the music business, but they kind of know I come from that kind of black person. who to I'm tolerating you as much as you're tolerating me that type time. You know what I mean? So and that aspect, when we talking about it, like a lot of my judgment just comes in, you know, I want the best for us. And I like to push the culture forward and whatever small way I can. So I feel like, especially for this conversation, that probably we could have been more disciplined and hustle even harder. That's what I feel like. I feel like going forward, if I had to look last year to today, and everything I know and everybody I know, I feel like with the information we had, we could hustle harder. You know what I'm saying? And, and we could be more disciplined.
So my question is to y'all, how do y'all feel? Maya, how you feel? Talk to me. I'm here. I think you, there's always time to be more disciplined. I mean, for me, I try to basically stay stay inside, you know, but you can you can only stay inside for so long. I think a lot of people have decided to move on with their life and pretend like everything is back to normal. And at this point, I'm about to do the same thing. Once the weather starts changing, I'm about to just get back out there. I'm a massage therapist. So at this point, I had to go back and work, you know, inside of a spa versus working on my own because I can't, you know, I don't want to be going inside people's houses back and forth. It's putting me at risk. So I wasn't expecting this when I made this career change. So right now I'm just kind of buckling down and stacking my bread to see what, what's going to happen next. So uh, how long have you been? So just for the last year, that's how you really been feeling. How do you feel going forward with the vaccine? Are you going to have to give the vaccine? Um, no, yeah, I'm not taking that at all. No. <laughs> People ask me all the time, oh, did you get the vaccine yet? Like, are you planning to take it? No. No, I'm not. Everything was good. You know, a year ago before the shutdown, everything was great. Money was coming in. It was great. I was just talking about this today. But now there's a huge change. And I'm making less money and working the same amount of hours. And that's not going to work. Yeah, I would say go back to what you've been doing. Scare money don't make no money. You know, I know in this pandemic, we talking about something extra real here. But having people throw a mask on, you throw a mask on, do your due diligence. But you got to get back to the money. You know what I'm saying? You got to get back. Get back, queen. Yeah, yeah, take care. You got a hustle like here in the city. So here in the city of Philly, I follow some um, very entrepreneurial people. And I've been seeing the massage therapists bust them checks and make some bust them traps and they really making some money right now. And they just, you know, they they being super responsible about how they do it though, you know what I mean? Like they going about it the best way that they can. They got the mask on, they washing hands, they renting places, so they're going to a place, they got people going there, sitting there with them, they recording them, they like doing everything and, and utilizing social media to kind of navigate the whole space. You see what I'm saying? So, you know. You might have to do what you have to do. You know what I'm saying? Like That's kind of where I'm at with it. I've had to maneuver the whole time. So I've had to go out, but I've wore a mask the whole time. I just had to be responsible in how I maneuvered out here. You know what I mean? But you can't stop eating. Like, that's one thing. You can't stop eating. What's up, Zay? Where you from, bro?
Marsha, where are you from? I just wanted to add that that's what I did. I had to adapt um, with fashion design. Well, I was ahead of the game with the uh, masks, so I made like some real nice money during that time because I started making masks in March when um, they were talking about it, you know, spreading to the USA and everything. So I, and I'm a fashion designer, so I was already making masks to match the clothing and everything. So I was able to pick up on a lot of the first, you know, people that was interested in masks and everything. But I didn't stop um, designing or even doing consultations. I just took the extra precautions and everything with wearing masks and, you know, still get money. I thought that I, my business would suffer more, but it didn't because I like my customer base are um, people who like to spend money. So I, you know, I was still getting that money. They were still going to events and the people who don't care and everything, people still doing weddings. So it's like, I was still staying busy. And I don't know if that was because other people probably was slowing down. So it brought me more business, but I was able to capitalize off of that with keeping my hustle up. No, that's why I think I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be quiet. We go to the next person. Queen Christina, you here? Yeah, I'm here. Christina, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, um, I'm from um, Ohio. Um, I think um, during the pandemic, it showed uh, how selfish people were. Um, especially when you're speaking of like food uh, um, shortages and just like in Texas um, right now when everything went down I saw pictures in their store about like how them not having food like do you really need that much so to me it just show how selfish people are and inconsiderate and how people will only think about their self so that's how I feel Okay, okay. Good, brother Thomas. How you feel, bro? I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Uh, everybody, I'm from I'm from the Virginia area, and you know my perspective is just for me. I feel like each generation has handled the pandemic differently, and I'm 23, and I'm just from my opinion, like you got some kids in my age that they they either went to school they just graduating so it's like the time with the pandemic a lot of a lot of my peers they don't even know what they're gonna do so it, it either it just first for, for me it forced people to, to turn their hands so it's like you either had a plan and you went harder or you let the government bail you out with the with the assistance because i was getting unemployment i was getting like 900 a week so, and that was just me so it's just like you either had the older generation who had cheese and they and they could and they could kind of wait the pandemic out and they already had a career where they was good. Then you had the other end where you had people old as fuck who was fucked up on the pandemic. So for me, it was just it was just the mentality like you either gonna get it and go harder, or you just gonna let this shit eat you up. Love. Feel that I feel that Maya, Christine, Thomas, y'all tapped in, y'all dropped the pen. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Rod, good brother Rod. You tapped in, you dropped the pen. Talk to him one time, bro. Yo, what's going on, King? How you doing, my brother? Man, I just got off work, so I'm listening, but I hadn't even actually been keyed in, Doc. So if you guys want to move forward, that's fine, my brother. I do apologize. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Yeah. No problem, man. But man, these these parts, bro, as much as I appreciate you, if you don't talk, I got to move you to the audience, man. I appreciate you. But you know, what's the t- t- telegram? Yes, sir. I understand. Thank you, King. Thank you. Bro. I appreciate you, bro. Make sure you tap in on the Discord, man. I see you in the rooms all the time. You want yes, me? Sonny, how you feel, Sonny? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How's everybody? Um. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, the quarantine, I'm, I, I'm, I would say, I, I would say it exposed how resilient of a people we are. I don't think um, it showed a lack of hustle. A lot of people's flight or flight kicked in here in Indiana. Um, a lot of people spent the time home with their kids, you know, taking the time to sit down with them, interacting with their schoolwork more, feeding them more uh, meals from home, which is always great. Um, I, I, I've also noticed how so many people um, did started to look in different avenues of employment, like uh, becoming entrepreneurs, working on their their dreams while they were home. I seen a lot of that. Um, But the downside is you do have people that have um, high school students that, you know, they struggled with trying to get them to do, you know, their login and do their daily work and you know, the whole school thing with the student, uh, with the children um, and not being able to be at home with them. So I did see that hardship on a lot of people as well. Um, but as a whole, I think we adjusted very well. Um, yeah, love. I appreciate that perspective, Sonny. I do, I do, I do. Everybody go tap in, tap in, drop a pen, drop a pen while you're listening. While you're listening, everybody, if you're on stage, you definitely got to have one put put up there. If you don't speak, you got to go. Right, that's how this works up here. So we we having an open conversation. Um, you know, I want people to know that they could tap in and find you. You know what I mean? Hear who they're talking to or hear, see who they're they're listening to. You know, if you guys want to join the Discord, it's a live conversation going on. I'm going to go to the 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 um, build and destroy room. That's where I'm going to tap in on the Discord with you guys and talk to you guys live in the background while we have this room. Um, 
Yeah, so make sure you tap in Instagram, join free instructions in the bio. Tap in, let's do it, man. Um, good brother, Deep Blue Sea. What's up? I'm here. Talk to him one time, tell him how you feel that the quarantine from last year till today exposed a lack of hustle and or discipline. What's your feeling? Is it a yeah or a no in your mind? Well, shoot, I feel like it did both. Like, depending on where people were at before the whole uh, quarantine. Just because with me, I already had three different sources of income. So even when I did stop working, I was still able to pay my bills and keep the lights on and make sure that me and my wife had somewhere to stay. (laughs) Uh, And even losing that job, shoot, it's either grind or starve. And I feel like coming, well, from downhill in Mississippi, there is places to work, but there's only places to work depending on your skin color and your name. Like, with those two, racism is still a big part of the South. But even with trying to get different uh, models of making a living, I think uh, that we as a people actually stepped up pretty nicely as a whole because I've been seeing more Black-owned businesses or Black people saying, look, this is what I got going and this is my goal. I feel like it opened our eyes to what we could do if we had the time and space to just sit there and think and create love. Thanks for that perspective, good brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Queen Siobhan, how you feel? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Um, I'm good. So I'm where you from and how you feel? So I'm originally from upstate New York, but I live in Atlanta. Um, I think in some people, um, it definitely um, <laughs> exposed a lack of hustle and discipline. Um, me, I was fortunate enough to keep my job. I was somehow considered an essential employee, and I work at a law firm. But um, I definitely didn't take that for granted. So I actually picked up, you know, learning how to um, invest and things like that. On the other hand, you had some people that was comfortable collecting the unemployment. And instead of possibly investing that into themselves, they just blew the bag. You know what I mean? So I think that there was definitely a lot of opportunities <laughs> for people to um, definitely thrive in. But I think it definitely showed a, a lot of uh, lack of hustle and discipline when they didn't take advantage of what was given. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I've been writing down some questions for when we get at the end, too. So I think we're going to turn up one time, tap in on the Instagram, drop a pen. Uh, if you're in the Discord, get there live. 
I'm going to get their free live conversation. So, Brother Xavier, tap uh, in, tell me your name, tell them where you're where you from, how you feel. Quarantine exposed a lack of hustle or discipline. I'm from Stockton, California. Um, I live in Sacramento. Uh, I, think it, I think it did both. Uh, I think it exposed some people. I think some people realize, like, they don't really fuck with the person that they say they rocking with or they say they in love. Um, I think for the people that was on a hustle, it, it it helped them refocus. It helped them spend money better. It helped them save better. Um, like, I know for me, I was already kind of on this, like, health journey, eating better. So, you know, I fast last year during the, you know, pandemic when everybody was getting sick. So it kind of was in alignment. Um, I'm considered a central worker. So I know for me, my money increased. Um, I wasn't, I didn't get unemployment, but my money did increase. I paid off a little loan. Um, because of your room, I found Lataro to start my, well, to do, to finish my trademark. So I can go ahead and do what I'm gonna do with that. Um, so I think it did both. I think it helped people refocus. I think it helped people realize that they don't really that they are either on some bullshit and they need to tighten up, or if they are tighten up, they just need to continue to tighten up. Um, so I think it did both. I agree, bro. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And don't that we have spoke. So, um, Queen Brittany, talk to him one time. Tell him where you're from, how you feel. Did the quarantine expose a lack of hustle or discipline? Hey, I'm from uh, Houston, Texas, and I kind of agree with what everyone's been saying. I think um, it either went two ways. Um, either you increased your hustle or either you let it tear you down. But um, for me, um, I was working for most of it until I got hurt, so it kind of just made me look at other avenues. All right. I appreciate that. Director Brandy, Director Brandy. Hey, hey. Yeah, so the pandemic for me um, was a variety. Yeah, I tell them who you are and where you're from. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, my name is Brandy or Director Brandy. I'm from New York City. And um, I am a producer and director. I currently have a documentary entitled Betrayal of a Nation. It indicts the United States government on 18 charges um, for crimes committed against black and brown citizens. And um, it basically highlights our history all the way up to present day and basically aims to hold the government accountable um, as if you or I were held accountable. So just throwing their own laws and constitution back at them for their crimes. Uh, and so I actually spent the entire pandemic finishing up my film. And I feel like there were pros and cons to that. Uh, the pros were, it allowed me, I guess, in a sense, time as far as um, finishing it, uh, because a lot of film festivals and a lot of events were postponed, um, as well as, um, you know, they went virtual. 
and they started changing things. They pushed dates back. But then within the same regard, the con was the fact that um, was, again, the timing also, because um, I worried that now that well now that we're we're you know deep into this pandemic when it comes to getting the film out i ended up running into issues by the time i was actually ready because of the the climate and with everything happening at the capitol um i dealt with distribution companies saying the time is not now because you know the climate is just too too hype right now and so if i had finished it maybe months ago then maybe it would have already been in distribution. So, you know, it is what it is, um, but I'm self-distributing right now. And the film is on betrayalofanation.com. But aside from being a filmmaker, um, I'm also a substitute teacher. And so when the pandemic first began, um, you know, I was going to work and they shut down the schools. And I um, became an essential worker because what they did in New York City was when they closed down the schools, they opened up, they opened them back up and called them rec centers. And this is where first responders, children were able to go because who's going to watch the nurses um, and the police officers and the um, firefighters, children, while they're, you know, they have to, they're needed to respond to those, to those things. And so my job was to just watch them um, and basically assist them with their remote learning. And so I was an essential worker and I was able to do that. But then the job expired at the end of April and I started to collect unemployment. Um, And, you know, I was able to save, I guess. And while I was able to save again, I was able to focus on just, just focus on the film and everything but um, one thing that the pandemic has taught me was um, was the value of family, which I've always known, but it allowed me to to actually spend more time with my family. You know, my mom was in a whole different state and I was worried. I felt like I don't know if I'm ever going to see her again, because when this pandemic started and even still now, you know, it's I always felt like like there's something more to it like as far as the government being behind it and wondering what's in store, what are they trying to do and wondering, am I even going to be able to, to see my mom to travel, to see her. Um, but I did spend some time with her and now I'm back in New York and everything. But I think uh, the pandemic definitely emphasized family. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat of an introvert. And so I felt I've, when, when it first started, I felt like I didn't need to be around people per se but as months went on, I realized I really do need to be around people. And um, I, I went hard body with it. I felt like a lot of people were were selfish in the fact that they were not wearing their masks. People were just hanging out with their friends um, and having even family reunions um, during the pandemic. And I'm just like, OK, you may be OK, but you go to your loved one, see your loved one, and they may not be OK if you're an asymptomatic carrier. And so I just, I felt like a lot of people were just selfish and thinking about themselves. And I made a decision to really quarantine hard body. So my daughter and I, you know, we really weren't around anyone and except for my mom and my sister. And when I went to visit my mom, I made sure that I was tested for COVID and everything. And so um, now, you know, we're a year in and, you know, I've, I've, 
gotten to the point where I, I've started reaching my breaking point as far as um, not being able to be around people and friends. And um, I slowly really just started like seeing a few people um, and having the conversation with them as to like, well, how are you taking care of yourself? And so at this point, I'm just praying on it um, because I like I can't stay away from my loved ones forever. But I'm also still being safe and I'm not, you know, going around my mom and, and certain people. Um, if, you know, I if I make the decision to expose myself to a friend, you know. Um, and so I just think that, you know, COVID, there's blessings and um, also negatives for everyone. You know, I think that it's, it's, it has been an opportunity for certain people to grind really hard. Um, but with that same regard, there's a lot of people out here that um, were not able to get unemployment and um, were not able to work and that are struggling, you know? And so I think about those people and, um, and yeah. And, you know, also another thing I want to say is I love to travel. So this is the longest time where I have not traveled outside of the U.S. in, in years. I, I make it a point to leave the country every year. And um, when the flights went down really low, um, I, I thought about, okay, maybe I could leave um, and go somewhere and take advantage of it. But with that same thought, I felt like so many people are dying. And this is not a situation that I would really feel right about taking a vacation to have fun, you know, leaving the country, um, like just taking advantage of a crisis, I guess. And so I, I haven't traveled and, um, I, I really, really miss it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I guess that that's pretty much everything that I've been dealing with as far as COVID. And, um, again, I think it really, it really showed, um, somebody else had mentioned in this room as well, you know, the fact that there are people out here that are really selfish and everything, even with the food, the same thing happened here in New York. I don't know if the person that spoke on it lives in New York, um, but, you know, all the rich people bought up all the food here as well and the toilet paper, which was stupid. But, um, but yeah. And so just thinking about that and realizing that when shit really goes down, when shit really hits the fan, it's really every man for themselves because we live in a society that is truly focused on self. Unfortunately, um, there's some good people out here, but there's a lot of people that are really just about self. And it, it really opened my eyes up to that. And, and, and to be able to say certain people, even people that you may be related to, some people are just going to get left behind when shit goes down. And it was an eye opener to, to be able to see that and recognize that and say, okay, you know, I see, I see what it is. Love. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. Um, thank you. Um, Kat, I see you hop back in here. So the question is, did, did quarantine expose the lack of hustle and discipline? Uh, tell them where you're from and what your name is. Well, yes, Kat, I'm from Dallas, Texas. Um, quarantine is really, um, like, I did quit my job when, when, it, when it first started and stuff. You know, I did get a little comfortable with the unemployment and stuff. But doing that because, um, you know, I started focusing on myself and my dream 
And doing that, that that just got me everything I needed to uh, like pursue and succeed doing doing what I want to do. Um, you know, so because at this point, I really don't want to work for these for these white folks no more um, ever. Because uh, you know, I'm, I'm sick of always getting hired and getting that call back saying you can't start the job because your background. But and plus, not just that, like I, I have a son and he's you know virtual school, so it's, even if I work from home, it's kind of impossible with no help from anyone. So, um, you know, I guess it just woke up the. I, I guess like an entrepreneur hustle in me with the, you know, engineering I've been doing and I just been practicing my craft since then. And, you know, I've been good cause I know God got me. So, um, yeah, I definitely did, uh, started, uh, you know, doing my own stuff by my own, you know, cause I'm not working for these people. But yeah. Love. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, Queen Chelsea, you here? Hey, LTG, I'm here. My name is Chelsea. I'm from the DMV, Maryland. And I think that quarantine did expose a lack of hustle and discipline, but as well, it um, showed, like, who's really out there grinding and getting it. Um, I'm just talking based off of personal experience. March, when... This time last year, I was teaching, but I was long-term subbing just because it was my preference. It's more flexible. And I figured, I realized that a long-term subbing paid me the same amount as like um, first five-year teaching salary. So I just stuck with that. But once March started coming around is when I was like, um, I decided to be more permanent. So I went and uh, the school that I was working at, I got a permanent position with them. And um, just during that time, you saw where people's head was at. I already was working multiple jobs, so I was saving money. And it's just like once once this happened, it kind of lit a fire in me more so. Um, While I saw people around my age spending their stimulus check, like I heard some of the other people talk about on like a bag and shoes and things of that sort, I went and I started my business. Um, I started my online herbal business and I hosted my first class, like teaching people how to do different things from like making their own elderberry syrups to like skincare. Um... I did all that. And it was just crazy to just see people just blow that money away that they could have invested or things like that. Um, I moved differently. Um, On top of me teaching, I still worked uh, with the rec and they had like a kind of a pilot program since all this was going on. And like we wore masks, we give out temperature checks and things of that sort. Uh, They was giving out hazard pay on top of that. But I never, like, me personally, I never quit my job just because I like the stability of uh, it being there. And I just felt like the unemployment route was too shaky for me. And I was in the process of, you know, uh, flipping my money and making it grow. So I really feel like this time kind of set set the different sides of like, you know, some people folded, like they, they spent that, they blew that money. 
they they didn't use that money properly. And then some people flourished and had had more time and more abundance come about them because they went out there and get it. But that's just my opinion. Love. I appreciate that. <clears throat> Sorry, y'all. Y'all already know what I'm doing. <clears throat> y'all know where my lungs is. God damn. <laughs> <coughs> I'm trying not to say it. I'm trying not to be funny, man. I'm trying. You're in the safe spaces, man. We already know how you get down. <laughs> All right. Somebody say it for me, then. I try to get my life together. Got we don't know what pack you smoking on. <laughs> Put them in the dirt. There's so many different packs. Which pack is it tonight? Like she said, what pack is it? That JFK probably tonight. Yeah, that JFK. Damn. Blew his head off. I think this one right here is is it's the that's that OTG pack right here, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man, I appreciate y'all, bro. So, the way I want you guys, damn, put them in the dirt. My fucking lungs is hurting right now. I got to relax. All jokes aside, man, I feel like we're kind of having a serious conversation. It's always good to laugh, too. You know what I mean? I appreciate you guys coming and having these real, real black conversations with me. You know what I mean? Because it really is no goal for me other than to have the conversation and have people hear people talk about certain things you know what i mean like and just have the ability to do it because they say that we can do it like it's just like the rebellious spirit in me or something you know what i mean so i appreciate you guys um coming up here so tap in just go tapping in, in the comments you know i'm about to do 40 45 days of content every day overnight you know what I mean? I'm going to be recording some content, like I'm doing a test recording now. Is that cool? I think I got asked y'all. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Maya, that's cool. Yeah. Hold on, I got to ask everybody individually. Hold on. Maya, that's cool. I'm sorry, what was the question? I'm recording. <laughs> Is that okay? Yes, yes. All right, Christine, that's cool. Yes, it's fine. Thomas, that's cool. Yes, sir. Sonny, that's cool. <laughs> Deep Blue, that's cool. Uh-oh. All right. Oh, no. Chat, deep blue. Well, we'll do it this way. If anybody in this room has a problem on the stage or anybody wants to come on the stage knowing that it's being recorded, you can come up now. If you have a problem and you, don't, you feel like you're on the spot, just DM me. I say you do. But uh, 
the goal is to try to take some of these conversations. That's why I just made myself the moderator is to take some of these conversations and, and make these rooms work for everybody. So, you know, whether I post a video on YouTube and you guys go put yourself and tag yourself in the comments and I add you in the comment, you know, or you tag yourself in the comments on my Instagram and when people find it, they go there and they see you. Or it becomes a conversation in the Discord. However we make that shit work, you make it work for you. You know what I mean? And if y'all cool with that, then I feel like some of these conversations gotta be a little bit longer than a night, you know, because I feel like we have some great conversations in here. And so if it's okay with you guys, I would like to record them. If you don't want to be recorded, I guess you could move yourself to the crowd. That might be another way we do it. And, you know, I told you I always want to make some things work. If you're new to the stage or new to the room, just tap in at the Um, Yeah. We're here, bro. So, y'all with him for real? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Okay, is there any any way to put that in the rules? Like an agreement to put it in the rules? Like, in order to come up on stage, you got to accept being recorded? Like, is there any way to put that in the rules, I guess? Oh, we just wrote the rule right now, good brother. So I think it can probably, you know what I mean? Devil for security, my nigga. That's a good thought. (laughs) <laughs> Bet. I'm with it. <laughs> That's rule, rule number one, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I kind of knew, like, you got to put it in the title and some other things. But at the end of the day, all you got to do is take it down, and I don't really care that much. We know how to do it, and I just want to see how it's done and how it sounds and with the ability and moving forward, we could do it. And I want to make it a, a space that's given back to y'all. So I'm not the guy that's going to care about putting your name inside of the comment. You know, niggas be weird, man. I was working in rap. That's what I'm talking about, the hustle shit. They bring it all the way back. (coughs) Like, it's all kinds of hustles, you know what I'm saying? Like, I see people charge people an extra 500 just to tag them in the comment of their own shit. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's all kinds of hustles that happen, like rappers start charging people, you know, <coughs> to be on these mixtapes that, you know, was only getting promoted in a certain kind of way, the live or the, the, the whatever that 365 shit was, I'll look it up, but that was a whole thing that was going on during the pandemic. People paying five hundred to get on these mixtapes, and then niggas can't find the mixtapes, and you know niggas are supposed to take being on a, a mixtape hosted with the game, and that the game posted them to the story. They were supposed to take that and flip that. It's, you know, if you're a hustler, you can make more than five hundred with that. But guys wasn't doing it, you know what I mean? They was kind of just like they had the money, so they had the money to bust the trap. Now to invest in themselves to say, yo, I'm about to go spend some money because I got this bread. I did a PPP joint. You know, however niggas was scamming the scam, 
but you know some of that money went in the wrong things <clears throat> it was kind of because they couldn't do it and part of the question i want to ask was is it bad that people didn't hustle like because some niggas didn't go shop in philly some niggas made an app that delivered all all black food black restaurants and that shit became major you know what I mean? And that was built off people not going out and buying food and not being responsible and getting this amount of money and buying from home. Like, a lot of that money went right back into the economy, the black economy. You know what I'm saying? Like, people bought more shit off the gram. Like, niggas, was, I think a lot of entrepreneur sales went up. You know what I mean? And so that means people bought black. And awareness was happening. So even while people were saying that you shouldn't be marching, people was buying shirts that niggas was printing who bought that shit with an unemployment check or a PPP check. You know what I'm saying? Like, niggas, niggas definitely done bought some clothes from from, from uh, uh, a, a queen off the gram who took that young unemployment check and flipped every boy into a into an online business, you know what I'm saying? And other people just spent that money and bought the clothes. So part of that is just kind of how the economy works. That's part of the reason why they was giving the money to the economy to keep it alive because they already knew a percentage of people was going to spend the money. So that was already accounted for it just because the rate of poverty that was coming across America that and the amount of money, the scale that it, it changed on most people's pockets, like it was like a 50 to 60 percent pay loss for a lot of people. So with that, there needed to be money that went into the economy, funneled into certain places to almost keep the, that shit alive. And the best way to do it was to give it to people who's going to spend it. You know what I mean? And that keeps it alive. So sometimes we just got to be aware when we're talking about our brothers and our sisters like we could talk about the lack of hustle we could talk about those things but we also have to understand that there's an economy happening and this is part of what we want like sometimes that's why i try to tell myself like we want to build Black Wall Street, but we kind of built us something bigger than Black Wall Street, if you really think about it, even when people being undisciplined with their money. Because 90% of the time, somebody Black is touching it. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. I think the only thing that I think with that idea, with that thought process is like, if I was thinking like a basketball player and I was trying to come for the number one, I'd be like, this nigga Amazon guy, get out the way, man. Like, this nigga's in the way. Like, you know what I mean? Or we got to get him on the team. So I don't know how many black people sell stuff through Amazon. That's the number I've been thinking about. I want to figure out. You know what I mean? Because you know that the employment rate is high. But no really thanks. What Bezos is doing. Like, I'm trying to see what Bezos is doing down here. Because if we spend a lot of money, then shouldn't we be in a delivery game? 
that's one of the things I've been thinking just as throwing it out there, an idea, maybe somebody will steal it and make it fucking happen. Shouldn't black people be in the delivery game? Like, do we own any major trucking companies? Like, are we in the export business? Like, do we move shit? Like, niggas move a lot of shit in the hood, but, like, we need to connect with them guys. You know what I mean? Like, where is that app? Where is the app that's like Amazon for black people? Where are our cell phones? Well, cell phones. There's a website called We Buy Black. Um, that is like the black version of Amazon. It's just that, you know, they don't have the Amazon dollars for the publicity. But I recommend people check them out. And it's actually it was founded by um a Muslim brother named uh what is his name? Sharif. I think Sharif Mohammed. So um I just recommend, you know, y'all look into that. And they have some really good everything is black owned, everything. I've heard of that uh, through a, a doc on Netflix, I think. Uh, but yeah, we definitely need like our own cell phones. There's actually a black like, one. That would be dope. There's a black owned cell phone out there. Um, you can go to Instagram. It's called Figures Wireless. But he's a black man who um, created his own cell phone. It's just a lot of people don't give it play, but a lot of celebrities was um, promoting his stuff as well. That's actually also on on We Buy Black. And they they have, um, like, I mean, everything from Black-owned laundry detergent to, um, I purchased these Black-owned toothbrushes that I love from there. They have Black-owned batteries, Black-owned underwear, uh, book bags, anything you could think of. But who is delivering it? Trucking. We got to get in that. White people. We got to get in that industry. That's what I'm saying. That one right there, that's a major one. That's like one of the little things you don't think about. But transportation is hard as shit. Like, as a car salesman trying trying to get your own lot, like, they got that shit set up. That's a whole other thing. But they got that shit so set up against people who aren't white. Or Italian, that that shit is nutty. It's amazing nobody even thinks about that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's basically the good old boys. They'll try to keep you all the way the fuck out from the way the insurance is set up, from making you have a fence, which lowers your sales. All kinds of crazy strategies that these motherfuckers be having to try and knock you down. You know what I'm saying? And they. The transportation industry is an industry, you know, who who's Amazon is killing because they're delivering shit all the time, like their distribution center, Walmart distribution, like who, what are black distribution centers? How can we find those? Anyway, I digress. That's not what this is about. Um, I mean, that's exactly... I'm sorry. I sorry. heard um I heard uh, a small little snippet of video young Farrell had um posted. Um I really like raised my eyebrow, but I heard him mention that he just started his own trucking company the other day. 
they're not hard to start. Like my man, he can, you guys might have been in here and heard him before. His name's Jack. Uh, he's got one. You know, he really drives. He's out here on the road. I think Marty, I don't know if Marty's in here, but Marty drives. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people drive these trucks and trucking is a, a major industry. A lot of women drive trucks. A lot of people are in delivery somehow, some way. So that makes it be, even if you're driving a semi, that's for delivery. But owning the truck is probably the distribution. Hey, so this morning I'm driving right now. A, say it again. I was just saying, this Marty, I'm driving right now. Yep, yep. So that's what it is, right? It would be distribution because you're basically delivering, right? Or distribute distributing whatever these these people license you to carry. Right, right. I'm a hauling lettuce right now. Mainly I do refrigerated stuff. Right, right. And who owns most of those companies, bro? White people. Uh, I work for some Indians, though. I drive for Indians. Yeah, it's a lot of foreign people that own them now, too. Yeah, the Chinese, too. Is a union is a unionized? No, no, no. It's a whole story about back in the day, truck drivers tried to unionize at one point. It was this guy. I can't remember his name. But they off that dude. They ain't even find his body type shit. But he was trying to get truck drivers to unionize. And I always tell people they don't want truck drivers to unionize and really get paid what they get paid because truck drivers really run the country. Everything you see, everything you touch came on a truck at some point. Oh, bro, I know. I know I used to um, be maintenance at a place that, that sent heat-treated parts from southern Indiana, from Columbus, Indiana, to to Lansing, Michigan, and then to, the, to Detroit. And if you was an hour late, like, you put their whole shift off, and then if you hit that whole shift, like, you might have stopped five to 10,000 cars being done. Like that yeah, impact, yeah. That and that and that impactful type work every day. You know what I'm saying? So, like people don't understand how many trucks is on the road. But I was just thinking about that the other day. Like I know so many guys who drive trucks for a living, and black women who drive trucks for a living. But I wonder who owns the distribution companies because I'm looking at Amazon and I'm like, damn, niggas is buying everything black. I bought from We Buy Black. So I'm thinking like, damn, even if we patronize these websites, it's either the U.S. government delivering it and doing the distribution, or it's UPS, FedEx, or Amazon. DHS, some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so where are we at in that process? You know what I mean? How do we get in that process? Or do they, is that what you're saying about them not being unionized? That's why you can't, can't so it's a lot of black people in it. But without a union, it kind of makes it hard to really lock it down. Now, I'm not saying that because, like, the Indians that I work for, and most of the Indians, like, they come over here, like, and they get to the country and they'll, they'll either get one truck and them in it and one, like, a brother, two brothers that get in there and they'll just drive for a whole year. And they'll buy another truck and so on and so on. And they'll just build a little company. 
they also do get little grants and stuff that people tell me is supposed to be intended for black people and things like that. But that's mainly how they do it, is work ethic. They just get out there and do it. Okay. Hey, I, no, I can call me too. It's jokes. I'm driving right now too. And I work for Estes. It's LTL company, and it's sort of like FedEx, UPS. And basically, what I do is go from like terminal to terminal. And Amazon, you know, like we have Amazon trailers and even like federal contracts and different shit, like. It's, it's just a lot. Like, they all outsource. But then, like, nobody really even talks about unionized because just like the past two days with the weather and stuff, like, I really leave it at driver discretion. So, like, if you go out and attempt to make a run and you be like, yo, it's too much, I'm going to stop here, or then they'll just go to the next driver and if they feel comfortable with driving, then they'll pick the load up and then continue on. Like, I don't know how Marty's joint run, but that's basically how they run over here. Like, okay. okay. I'm, I'm over the road, so I'm the only person in my truck. When I tell them the weather too bad, I just shut down. But they do kind of try and pressure you sometimes, but it's against the law. Like, if you tell them you shut down for, like, a safety reason or something like that, if you got like a paper, I always get them to text me. I don't ever tell them. Get, if they trying to tell me that over the phone, I get them to text me. So, if you got a paper trail of them telling you to do some dangerous stuff, that saves you. you. Might still get fired, you know what I mean, or something like that. But you ain't gonna nothing horrible gonna happen to you. Oh yeah, you you definitely right on that one. And like, I I'm the only one in my cab. You know what I'm saying? They but they'll send somebody and pick the load up. You know what I mean? Like. They got something that they pressed on getting out there. Nobody really talks about being unionized or nothing like that. And it's what, it's what Marty says, you know, like, it's driver discretion. And, and you write about that um, paper trail and having them message you with it because you got to cover your ass. I, I wanted to make a comment in reference to... Um, and hi everyone, my name is Tracy. I joined a group yesterday it, or early this morning. It kind of ended with in the last minute. So I do apologize for me just speaking real rapid, getting my little um, point out to everyone. Again, hello. But in regards to shipping and importing is what we would need to do in order to make um, us getting it through start to finish. So we would get shipping containers from wherever we're importing the uh, stuff from um, that we're purchasing. And we'll distribute it, say, to the um, hair stores that are black owned. Uh, we would distribute it to the grocery stores or the um, bath and body shops. You know, we would get the imports from Africa, China, whomever that we're going to get these imports from. But in reference to Trump, he was trying to stop us having to have stuff imported from China. So our goal is to get stuff from Africa and get more African products that we own. And they construct, they're building cars out there. You know, they we already know iPhone get their material for cell phones from them. So we have to, you know, 
unify more within ourselves in order to get it across. Maybe secretly, I don't know if we need to get protection in regards to that, but I know that for shipping, you want to go with the import, export, you get your shipping containers, they they sell them used as low as $250. And if you're getting it straight off the ship, you get it loaded onto the truck, the truck make the deliveries, boom, it's into the black stores, just like that. We don't have nothing touching from our counterparts, our enemies, whatever you want to call them. All right, all right. I appreciate that. Well, I want you guys to do, if you're on the stage, if you're on the stage, tap in top left corner, top left corner. Go to the Instagram account. Drop a pin, drop a pin. That way, anybody who comes in this room, anybody who comes in this room, they can find you. Anybody who's in this room, you can be found. You know, and we're having a real conversation. Um, it is being recorded. It is being recorded. So with that, uh, I definitely think, though, Marty, one day at any of Jay looks, I know I see you around. Um, we should probably have a, a room where we just talk about trucking, period. And you could talk about what school is like, you know what I mean, and, and how long it took you to get into it and all that. Maybe if it's just an hour or something, you know, with that. Yeah, I'm down for that. Like I said, I don't be doing that all day for driving. I'll be in the rooms anyway. Uh, yeah, me too. Like, I've been doing research. And, like, um, I've been looking at trucks. And then just trying to get as much knowledge as I can. Like, I've been talking to different people and learning different ways on finding loads. Because they got the load board of what they talk about. But, like, uh, Marty, I don't know who you make. It's the, your deliveries too, but like mine is all within companies, so like I don't really see outside vendors. But like Marty, if when you go on and you taking loads, you know, like what I've been hearing is like talk to the people you're delivering to, try and get like a good relationship, and then should you branch off on your own, if you didn't establish a relationship with them, they got so many different type of loads going to and from a week. You know, and they a lot of times they got to use multiple companies. You can slide in there like that. Like, oh, yeah. Stop. Growing up, I always heard conversation rule the nation. But uh, when I started at my first company, they made me sign a uh, what is it called? Not they made me sign an agreement where I wouldn't work for anybody else. But when I went there, I already had my CDL, so I kind of just went through their school. So it really didn't apply to me, but it was part of the contract. But uh, that's why they make you do that, because they don't want you giving up or taking away from what their business already is. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree, definitely. And, like, uh, I I got a homeboy. He, he do the same thing, like, you know what I'm saying, with his contract. And he went through the school the same way. But, you know, um, they, again, they have, so, like, the companies that you're going to, they have so many loads going in and out to multiple different places and stuff. Like, one company can't supply, basically, the demand of their shipment needs, per se. Because it depends on that company, how many drivers that company got. And usually they don't have drivers going in and out of the same places. So. There's a lot of looking right to. Yeah. 
All right, all right. I appreciate you, brothers. I mean, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Um, it's a conversation I think that needs to be had. And I got some pretty cool ideas. I think it'll be something dope to talk about. So, again, guys, go tap in on the Instagram. Drop a pen. Drop a pen. If you want to go on Twitter, you can. Instagram's probably better. Um, we're going to keep this thing going. Good brother, man. Tell them where you're from. Tell them how you feel. Did quarantine expose a lack of hustle and or discipline from last year till today? What's your opinion, brother? Man, this is man of value. I'm coming from Brooklyn, Flatbush, Brooklyn, New York. I feel like this this quarantine, it really like exposed like a lot of a lot of fake shit that been going on that people ain't know about. And it it really boosted a lot of our people into shifting the way they thinking of just working for people and try to think outside of the box and try to make it another way. Because <clears throat> I don't know, for me, a lot of a lot of these jobs is like traps. I mean, I, I'm just saying that's my opinion. Is like a trap. Is like you you on a treadmill on a lot of these jobs. So like this quarantine like gave people like another another avenue to go to. You know what I mean? Love. I agree, bro. I agree. Um, Russian name. You here with us? I am. What's up, everybody? Hi, y'all, TG. Um, I'm from Inglewood, California. Um, some may know it as Los Angeles, and I feel like it definitely exposed both. Um, it showed who knew how to get it out the mud. You know, rain, sleet, or snow. Like I've never seen so many young entrepreneurs, young black entrepreneurs, you know, business owners. I was definitely um, inspired more than ever during this pandemic. Like right now, I currently have so much time on my hands and I'm making it count. You know, I'm getting my business going, um, getting my health together, getting my finances together. I'm able to focus on my family um, more. But then you also did have people who you know, lack the hustle due to them being maybe depressed, um, losing their motivation, basically just, you know, folding because they couldn't adapt and adjust depending on where they were prior. But either way, I feel like it definitely made people fully aware. It made them realize that they should be doing more than just working for somebody um, and, you know, just realize that they should always have multiple sources of income because you never know when that one source could get taken away. Love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Queen Shar, Queen Shar, Char, Char. You know, I'm hey. <laughs> you're good. You said right. Um, yes, I'm in Cali. And. My personal feeling is just that it really was a a mirror to society. Like, it really did let us really see what's going on. I remember, like, a few years ago, Damon Dash was um, talking about calling, like, pretty much when you work for somebody, you're calling someone else daddy. And and everybody thought that was so funny and he was talking so much shit. But 
I mean, COVID hit and then people really did realize like in order for you to really be secure and have financial security, you have to you have to own your own. You have to have money saved. And, you know, Dame always say, if you got if you got get money, flip it, you know. And so, you know, with me, I was lucky enough to not only be an essential worker, but to to have a good career where I'm always kind of needed. But it also let me know where I always thought that was goals. I was like, well, damn, you know, I'm good. Like, I don't ever have nothing to worry about. But this made me think, like, no, I'm really not. Like, I don't own, you know, my own business. I can't just, you know, a lot of social workers, period, had to leave work because they didn't have childcare, you know. And in Cali, you can't be really a stay-at-home mom, you know financially like our shit is so expensive out here and it really just showed us in california like we're all no matter how good our job is no matter how secure we think we are we're really all living check from check and them throwing all this money at people in cali is really bad because like i have family members always coming to me for everything so during the whole unemployment stuff they was getting these loans and other things as well i haven't heard from them they're getting cards and all this great stuff but now I'm getting calls like, oh, you know, rent is due and rent is this because they've been getting those rent program or whatever, paying a certain amount. And it's just, it's really getting a lot of people in debt. Like all these programs are really getting people in debt. And it's going to be really hard for a lot of people to get out of it, especially in California. Like we're going to have a lot of poverty, a lot more. And I mean, it just shows like society is really economically designed for some people to prosper and other people not to. And even with the essential workers that work, you know, at the restaurants and stuff, they was really mad out here because it was like, damn, you get paid more on unemployment than at work. You know, so it was like, it was just mind-boggling for a lot of people. Man, I appreciate that, Shakar. I appreciate that. I appreciate that perspective. Uh, tap in Instagram, drop a pen. Queen Darian, how you feel? Tell them, tell them how you feel. Tell them where you're from and how you feel. Did quarantine expose a lack of hustle and discipline? Definitely. Um, what's up, OTG? Peace to everybody else as well. Over here trying to stay up. Y'all hearing some um, great points, but um, it's definitely just a beautiful time for me personally. And I think it's a beautiful time for everybody. I, I think everybody, in a way, uh, there's no wrong answers, of course, but everybody's right. And I think that what happened throughout this pandemic is what you chose to identify with. And for me personally, this was a very beautiful experience. So I was already fasting as well and just really taking that time to kind of go on my spirituality journey. But I noticed that it wasn't really being backed with anything like that real righteous learning, that real um, just taking that present tense with the creator um, and actualizing myself every morning. Like that's what happened for me throughout this pandemic. And um, I was supposed to graduate. Well, I did graduate. I graduated from Delaware State University, but I was supposed to have a graduation and I was unable to. And for most people, you know, that would really crush them. Like people was committing suicide and stuff. But for me, it was just like, I've learned to detach myself from all experiences and outcomes. So like it wasn't in God's favor for me to have a graduation and where I am on this spectrum or 
and my walk of life, that's what was, you know, deemed perfect at that time for me. And unfortunately, you know, it is unfortunate a lot of people have lost their lives and that we have gone through this. Like both of my parents have even had COVID as well and they healed from homes, but that's a whole different story. But just in general, like the experiences that I've been allowed to see to be present in my household, to take care of them and me not getting it just because of like my dietary choices and they're both um, type two diabetic. So like, you know, it hit a lot of at-risk people hard. I lost a lot of people during this entire pandemic as well, but in a way, everything still felt like it was working and aligning in my favor. And um, so I graduated. And then over the summer, yes, I was working. But in grad school came around, I did fall into a depression um, because I just felt like I was so used to always doing something that I never actually took time to just be present. Like I had gotten into a car accident and I broke my foot. Like all these things happened in the course of three months where God was just like, sit down. And I did. And in that, that time... I realized that grad school wasn't for me right now. Like I've been in school for 18 years of my life and this is the first semester that I decided to take off for myself. And so in doing that, um, I've launched my own business as well. I was so against PUA and I'm not still an advocate for it. I feel like I'm, I'm a advocate for self-sufficiency and sustainability but I will my sister was like you're a student just just do it like you're not going to take advantage of it just do it so I did it for three months and with that money like that I was getting um I reinvested into a business and I started my own consulting firm and in two months I've signed a contract for six thousand dollars I've signed one for five thousand dollars and I have um a couple more people who are planning to sign me for March. So it was just like, I had to learn to stop fighting against what the creator had planned for me and to allow this experience to really just um, guide my vessel and my spirit. And for me, um, that's been just the most beautiful thing um, personally. So if anybody else is kind of like going through something similar or they just feel like they need confirmation, that's what I would have to send to you just as far as light. It's just not um, going into the perspective negatively, but what can I take from this experience? What can I harness? What can I foster? And how is this going to um, help me to like cultivate that development within myself? That was fire. Man, salute yeah. to you. Ooh. Love y'all. Came in here with the heat. The heat. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that perspective. Every perspective is welcome. I appreciate that one. Thank you. Queen Julia. Queen Julia. Tell me where you're from, how you feel. Do you feel like the quarantine exposed a lack of hustle and discipline? Hello, everyone. I go by Jules, and I am from Florida. I do feel like the quarantine exposed a lot of hustle and discipline. In my opinion, I feel like um, when a lot of people lost their jobs, they just, um, with getting unemployment, like they just stayed there. They didn't try to like start businesses or, you know, I feel like they kind of sort of started to depend on the government instead of like doing their own thing. And like with the money, they just put it back into the environment instead of, you know, starting their own businesses. I personally work with small businesses. Like I'm the middleman with vendors and stuff like that. And I literally saw businesses like stop like um, shipping out products and stuff like that. And then on the other hand, I saw businesses like just flourish, like keep going and shipping out stuff. So I think some people got scared and just became depending on the government. And then on the other hand, some people just took it and ran with it. But I do know 
that this quarantine did prove that nothing is set in stone. Like you either got to have a backup plan or you just going to depend on the government and they could take that away in a minute. But yeah, that's my opinion. Love. I appreciate that, Jules. I appreciate it. And the people, if you're new to the room and you hear people say love at the end, we normally have rooms. We've got a conspiracy theory room that we do Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Um, and when people get done speaking on a stage, they say love. That's from my, my brother, King Chip. He recommended we do that so the rooms don't get too turned up. So if you hear people say that, that's where that comes from. Even if you're in another room and veggie back, we don't piggyback, we veggie back. You know, so respect to you guys for being in the room. Originators uh, of veggie back. Just got to throw it out there. Talk heavy, talk heavy. I didn't want to say, I, I didn't want to be in here too heavy. So, so I was hoping somebody else came through. I threw the oop, you caught it. <laughs> King GSG. You hear? Queen Nana. I probably said that off. <laughs> it, it, it's okay. As I said, I'm, I'm used to it. So you, you know, you can call me Nene, Nana, Nunu, whatever you, I, I don't take no offense to it. <laughs> but thank you for creating this space. I've actually been in here, um, you know, over my time because I was supposed to have moderated another room, but I had to push it back an hour. But it's okay. I got pinged in here. So again, thank you for this space and uh, shout out to everybody that's just in this space. It is very positive and I love it. Um, again, my name is Nana. I'm from the Bay Area. Um, and I just to answer your question, I, I mean, I've seen both sides of it. I mean, I've seen people literally, uh, you know, just, you know, lose their jobs and like literally went into like a deep depression, got anxiety. Some A lot of people have lost, uh, you know, just because they committed suicide. So it just really has uh, affected me a lot. You know, I wish I could have, you know, said what I needed to say to some of those people that are no longer here. But uh, you know, I mean, to anybody that's going through it, the, the upside to it is that I was able to connect with a lot of wonderful people, um, you know, through this whole pandem pan pandemic or whatever. And like me, I'm, I'm an essential worker, so I still work, but I have like many uh, hustles. And so I'm always trying to extend a lot of that to everyone else that I do come in contact with. So, I mean, if you don't know what, what to do or uh, how to survive during this uh this, this, what, what we, what we're going through, uh, just, you know, reach out to me. Like I said, I've um, connected with a really great team of people that um, pretty much help you bring out your vision. Uh, you know, they will assist you and help you with starting a business. Like if it comes to like financing you or uh, sending you information about loans or whatever. I mean, so I have a great mentor, a financial advisor that does assist with that. So, you know, just reach out if you guys need any help. And again, thank you for the space. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your, your perspective. And tap in, tap the greenhouse at the top. You know, make sure you drop a pen on Instagram. That's kind of how it works. So that way, people who heard what you said, they can find you. You know, they oh, go. 
I did add the, I did do that as well. I heard everything you said. So I did add the uh, the pen and the location, and I joined the house. And then another thing I wanted to um, I did ping some people in here earlier. I think they're still at the bottom. So when you do create the other space for the trucking, because uh, I do like collect resources and connect people, there's a lot of people that were mentioning that those type of spaces and they didn't know where to go or, or how to start them. So I would love to connect with you and uh, connect those people to you. No problem. No problem. Is there, um, if you go to otg123.org, if you go there, um, you click a link, it'll say Discord. Link in with me there. Um, and then you can always just tap in with me in real time. And we could start the space there because it's already over 1,200 people there. You know, oh. people who are connected there are already in the network who are trying to link with like minded people. So that's a great space for us to talk in real time and kind of flush these ideas out in a different different kind of space, you know what I mean? And network at the same time. All righty. I sure will tap in with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Queen Cassandra, Queen Cassandra. How you feel, Cass? Tom, where you from? Tom, how you feel? Did the quarantine expose a lack of hustle and, and, and discipline? Um, hey, everybody. I'm from Brooklyn, but I live in Augusta now in Georgia. And um, I would say, like, both just for me and my observations and my own personal experience, I think it exposed, um, it brought out the entrepreneur in some people. And then some people, it, like, took them to another place mentally. And um, I was almost one of those people who let the quarantine get to me and that was just because my previous job required me to come in contact with people like if I didn't see people touch people I didn't make any money so it was like having to make that switch and to do something really quick so that I could keep up with everything and still be able to bring in the income it was a little bit stressful but um I found it easier to not focus on making the money as much and the stress from that versus learning things more and I took like some courses for my new business and just made a lot of contact with a lot of people and I just was worried about like how can I connect with people just like on a different level like I'm always good at connecting with people and just talking to them but how can I like learn from them versus trying to get them to buy something from me or give me some money like I was really really like on some learning and just bettering my business so just bettering myself period so when that this situation was over I was able to come out you know brand new with like a brand new mindset and just different things and um I would say I've seen a lot of people get money and flip it and make some really good investments and business moves and I've seen people blow money and I think like um just um people were kind of depending on the government and their city and their officials to take care of them so a lot of them kind of you know relaxed when it came to just trying to make an income on their own a lot of people just was 
depending on just certain state benefits to come through for them, which is, I mean, I mean, I'm not judging anybody who was waiting on those things, but I'm just saying like, instead of like just getting something going, some kind of business, just creating something, like a lot of people were just waiting for things to fall in their lap. So I would say like, it definitely brought the good and bad um, out of people and just made people reset and think differently. But I can say I have seen a bigger boom of black businesses like more than ever, like from kids to teens, adults, like everybody. And every, mostly a lot of black people are coming out with their own businesses and just homemade products. And when you hear their stories, it was the first thing like, hey, I had to figure out something during this quarantine. I was sitting home one day and boom, so I would say, um, yeah, like it definitely helped a lot of people, but a lot of people uh, struggle too. Love. I appreciate that, Cass. I appreciate that. Um, I agree. I can't wait. I'm just shutting up, guys. I'm shutting up. When we get to the end, we're going to get turned up because I got some questions. You know what I mean? But I definitely agree. Um, all right, no, I'm messing it up. And I know you told me before. Jaday. It's Jaday. You did it right. Good job. All right, talk to him. I actually oh. thought about it right when I said it that I remember how to say it because I didn't want to get played. <laughs> the next time I had to say it, so I'm with you. Um, nah, good job. Um, I'm Jade. I'm from Hampton, Virginia. So, as far as quarantine with me, I've been working the whole time. I actually switched jobs and, well, same career, but just switched banks in November because I was not happy with my prior company. And working in the financial industry, I have seen... Um, how people have blown their money, how people have saved their money. As far as for me, I, I've tapped more back into my creativity, so I'm able to write more um, and just help my other friends do what they need to do, especially when it comes down to, like, getting loans and trying to teach them, like, you can't take all the money. I didn't get a stimulus package, so I had to try to help people when they did get that money as best as I could to push them towards saving it or investment elsewhere opposed to just blowing that money because you're going to have to pay it back come tax time. So um, I've seen both ends of the hustle and the the lack of discipline. I think I haven't really gone out and partied. I'm not judging people that have, but I got to work already. I just, and I see people that still go out and have COVID knowingly and are like, it's just, I've seen the all ends of the spectrum in this case. But for me, I've been working the whole time and being able to write more and to do the things that I want to do creative, creatively has uh, been a plus for me personally. Love. Thank you, Jadaya. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, good brother Tato. Talk to him one time. Tell him how you feel. Tell him where you're from. The quarantine exposed a lack of hustle and discipline from last year until today. What's going on, everybody? I'm Tato. I'm from Jersey. Um, to answer your question, 
I mean, I'm obviously go with what a lot of other people were saying as far as both aspects. Like, for some people, being as though the pandemic was so unexpected, like, you know, it put them in a, a space where, you know, either their family members was ha- was passing away or, um, you know, work, they lost their job, so mentally they broke, so they weren't able to bounce back from that. And you got some people who also took advantage of getting the unemployment and didn't do anything with it. <laughs> For the same reasons, but at the same time, you do got the people like myself. You know, I was—I I actually put myself in, in a little bit of both of them, and I only say that because in the beginning of the pandemic, I had just like not just lost my job, but like a couple months afterwards. So I'll say the beginning of last year. But at the same time, me working as long as I was working, it put me back in a space where I was able to mentally get myself on track to what I truly wanted to do as far as my entrepreneur journey. And that's the people I'm speaking about. As far as those who took that, you know, that time frame to look past the the tragedy of what was going on and still, you know, buckle down and say, I still got shit I gotta do. And shit I wanna create because I don't wanna have a nine to five or whatever the case may be. So that's why I looked at the surge of uh entrepreneurs, people learning financial literacy whatever the case may be and you know we excelled as people but yeah that's my answer i appreciate that title appreciate that good brother i'm shy shy what's up bro you're here talk to the people one time Quarantine exposed a lack of hustle and discipline in people. Ayana. Yes. How you feel? Talk to him one time. I don't know. Um, I feel good. I'm from Philly. And... I agree with everybody else. I could see both sides. Um, here in Philly, since the quarantine, well, yeah, since the quarantine started, the murder rate has gone up, as well as the um, home break-ins, robberies, and carjackings, all of that has gone up. Um, but then there are so many more entrepreneurs out here, so many people that lost their jobs have opened up businesses. Um, So, yeah. Love. Thank you. Thank you. Good brother, Devil. Tell them where you're from, how you feel. The quarantine exposed a lack of hustle and discipline from last year until today. What's up, King? I appreciate you, OT. Uh, this is Devlo, uh from St. Louis. Um, and I agree, like, what a lot of people were saying, but I also want to throw in, too, um, I think it also brought out a lack of, 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 of uh, knowledge. Um, where I'm from, I'm from St. Louis, so you can't spell hustle without SCL. You know, so a lot of people where I come from, are born and raised to hustle and grind and get it by any means. Um, that's what I was doing essentially before 
you know, COVID and all that happened. You know, there was a point in time where I was working three jobs. I'm only 25 now. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to make a way of life. <clears throat> but what it brought me to understand was I was hustling wrong. You know, like Tato said, and like the Queen Darian said, you know, when we're talking about financial literacy and actually what the dollar means, where it come from, you know, where is it, where is it mostly spent? Um, and I was on a very spiritual journey as well, you know, so I look at it more so um, just like an opportunity. Like I said, I was already hustling. It was just, it helped me to understand that I was hustling wrong. The fact that I was working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, but then as soon as my unemployment hit, you know, I'm making twice that. You know, it helped me understand, like, whoa, like, the people who I work for, they making quadruple that. You know what I'm saying? So it just really helped me to understand the fact that I was hustling wrong, you know, um, and just the fact that I need to do better. You know, I really need to think about what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, how I'm spending, you know. So that's why I'm in now, you know, like, like Tato said, you know, just starting my own brand, starting my own business, you know, trying to understand that I need to be who I am for not just myself, but for my people, you know, so, but uh, love y'all. I appreciate that, Devo. I appreciate that, bro. Uh, I do, man. Stick around. Make sure you tap in, tap in, leave your name in the comments, bro. I don't know, you probably already have. Everybody know in the room, if you just got here, hit the plus button, ping some people in here. It's Friday night. I'm at Philly. We recording. This is going to be up probably in the next 24 hours on on, on the, the, the Patreon. You could go get that in the bio of my Instagram, and then it'll probably be on YouTube. Um in 24 or 48 hours afterwards, but I'll definitely be up on the Patreon first. Uh, everybody in here, you know, make sure you tag your name in the comments so that way go back, tag that you spoke on the stage so that way I can get you and make sure it's documented and we can make sure everybody's Instagram and everything gets shouted out correctly in the comments and people can still link up with you there. So tap in, tap in, tap in. You're doing something epic right now. And I appreciate y'all. Queen Jessica. Queen Jessica. Tap in one time. Let them know where you're from. Tell them how you feel. Did the quarantine expose a lack of hustle and discipline? If you don't speak, I don't know the rules. Marty talked to him one time. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Marty. I'm from Texas. Uh, I'm going to speak from my own perspective on the hustle and discipline. So in my life, I've always had to have hustle and discipline just because I was brought up and things like that. I was raised by my granny and my great-granny, so... I had a different way of looking at things in life. They taught me different things. I always had respect and looked up to my elders. So I've always known that, like, in America, it's a system and it's an oppressive system. And the things that they teach you are valuable aren't really valuable. So 
the pandemic and things that were happening in my life put me in a position where I got back to driving over the road. So it just gave me time to focus on things. And uh, what I found what was important is just being from the earth and for the earth. So what I want to do is I want to uh, start a farm. I've always grown up on land. My family, my great grandpa thought it was important to buy land for the family. And it's always been passed on. So I've always had that aspect and looked at things that way. So what I want to do, I want to do what he did. I'm going to go back and start farming and try and give back to the land and do things that's for the earth, for the people of the earth and things like that. Love. That's dope, bro. That's dope. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you tapping in like always, man. I think that's something else we got to get into is just farming. We're going to get into that. I know it's a lot of black people in these spaces, so when I say get into it, I don't mean like we just reinventing the wheel, but I mean maybe try to figure out a way how to use the platform or just have a bigger conversation about it, you know what I mean, and really dig into it like we dig into some other conspiracies because we could probably really help some people and reach some people. So I definitely want to put that on the list too. I'm already dead down. Yeah, I'm down for that too, OTG. I do a lot of farming research. Okay, okay. Well, we winning, we winning. All right, farming and trucking. All right. Um, Tiana, Tiana. You hear, Queen? You hear? All right, Con. What's up with it? I know you're here. I'm here. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, Melody. Go ahead. Um, hello, everyone. It's interesting. Um, I feel like a little bit of what everybody has said so far applies, but... For me, um, I worked a full-time job and had a hustle on the side before the quarantine. I taught yoga and probably was home maybe one day a week, you know, after work, just grinding, just doing the thing. So for me... Real quick, tell them them who you are and where you're from. uh, Melody. I'm Melody and I'm in uh, Northern California, Sacramento. Um, so constantly gone, grinding, just doing my thing, not thinking anything about it. And then we, uh, you know, we get sent home. And for me, it was like the first time I could just stop. I didn't even realize how exhausted I was. Didn't think anything about, you know, getting home 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and getting up early and doing it the next day. So I feel like the initially and then and I my full-time job I was fortunate that we had you know work from home orders so I you know I could work from home so for me I know that that was a blessing that was not the situation for many other folks 
um, a lot of the folks I taught yoga with, that was their full-time gig. And for the first time for them, they, like someone has said earlier, they were making more money on unemployment than they were, you know, hustling two, three, four different places to teach. Um, the unemployment also, my children got unemployment. So they had a moment to just pause and, you know, not have to worry and me not have to worry about them. So once everybody kind of sat down, I feel like for the most part, yes, there are folks that didn't do, you know, didn't stack their money, you know, perhaps took advantage of some of the programs, not knowing how that could backfire. Um, For my little circle, or at least for my, my immediate family, you know, we told our kids, you need to stack your bread, you know, still pay your rent, just use this time to do something. So my son's right. And my daughter's, you know, she's in school, but like they're and their little pods of friends, I call it the Renaissance period. Like they're, you know, drawing and, and whatever creative, creative stuff they wanted to do that they could make time my advice to them was this is the time to do it because whenever we do open up, then like that's the grind. You need to get out there and do your thing. Um, With that said, for me personally, and you just spoke on it, Marty, I've never had time to plant and grow. And because I took full advantage of Zoom, I started teaching and wanted to have a space that looked attractive because I know like it's just you get tired of just looking in somebody's room. And so I started growing. I went, you know, we did we, you know, stayed home for the, mo- the most part. Um, I uh, we leave every sun- Sunday was our day. We go and support local. So farmers market and we have a black owned uh, tea shop that we make sure to support um, little, you know, Asian, uh, fish. So we support them. Anybody that was local, that is where we tried our best to, to make sure our dollars went there. Um, and so then I just started, you know, going to the nurseries and getting dirt and getting, you know, plants and trying to figure out now from one of our groups, I ordered seeds from, uh, somebody and one of our groups suggested this heirloom place. I just ordered the seeds. I'm getting ready to get plant, you know, raised beds like I feel all of a sudden more attached to the earth and it's because I've had time I've never had this much time before to completely focus on something other than grinding so um you know this has been great I would have never had time to sit and listen to clubhouse for as much as I do so I'm just taking all these little nuggets trying to learn as much as I can um, and, and I have felt, I, I hear, and I know that some folks are not taking full advantage, but I have tried to make sure to take, you know, find the best positive growth in this experience as I possibly can. Love. Did did you say you got to take a break from yoga? I'm asking because I'm in Sacramento myself. No, 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 I'm teaching. As a matter of fact, I guess I didn't say that part. I was able to protect a good portion of my income. I started my own site and I still teach. So if you look on my Instagram, you'll see my um, the link to my website and it has my classes on there. 
Oh, thank you. Will do. All right. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Icon, are you here? Are you here? Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up, y'all? How's everyone feeling? <clears throat> okay, so did quarantine expose a lack of hustle um, and discipline? I, I don't know. You got you to tell them where you're from. You got to tell them. Oh, my bad, y'all. My bad, y'all. I'm from yeah. Maryland. I'm from Maryland, but um, I feel like in the beginning of quarantine, for everyone, there was a lack of hustle and discipline only because of the events that kept happening back to back to back. Um, but I feel like after that, it was more of like a, a mindset. Um, I myself was beginning my spiritual journey, but 2020 like really kind of like put everything into perspective as far as having a foundation and being stable and making sure that I'm secure and just not just thinking for like the long run, but like the future aspect of like where I want to be and where this world is going. And um, I just see that we're so powerful, you know, and we're inventing things and, and building businesses and just being creative just like the guy that that made the um, the shampoo or whatever it was for the gorilla glue girl or whatever that was by a black man he invented that you know what I'm saying like like we're on our shit and I feel like we're all waking up and I feel like our ancestors haven't given us different little hints and signs with these different movies like Black Panther and Judas and the Black Messiah for like wake up calls for us to like get on our shit. Like we're, we're preparing for something and, and whatever it is, I feel like it's going to be big. Um, so I feel like quarantine did expose that, but it's also a, a mindset to you have to choose to be happy. You have to know that even though you're down right now and there's, there's no money coming in, that there is money coming in, that money flows through you. You are money. You're going to be okay. Your child will start daycare soon. You know, like you have to start believing in the the universe and, and building your connections with your family. Like this was a time to really like just be grateful and have gratitude and just appreciate everything around you. Like it, Man, quarantine exposed a lot as far as hustle and discipline in every aspect of life and in every way. And I'm just grateful that so many people have awakened to this. And even though there are people that are lost, it's okay. They will come. It's just not their time right now on their journey, but they'll get there eventually. Love. I appreciate you, Icon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Artemis. Artemis. You here? Yes, sir. Um, as far as discipline and hustle. Wait, so wait, before wait. the wait, wait, you gotta tell them who you are, you gotta tell them where you're yes. from. My name is Artemis. I am Germany raised and I live in Alabama currently. Um, 
for me, the quarantine experience is I was starting from not having a job. Like I quit my corporate job. I was living my best life. I moved to Texas. I got pregnant. I had just had my baby. March 8th, I was watching the news. I was supposed to be going to get an apartment with my baby daddy. Instead, I packed up all my stuff and moved back home to Alabama because I was like, I'm not getting stuck here with you. Like I went in hustle mode before I even pulled up to my parents' house. I stopped and got a job. (laughs) Like, the news didn't sit well with me that COVID was coming. Like, I have a baby now. I got to do something different. Um, I've started three businesses. Like, it put me in hustle. On the discipline, though, it highlighted where I did not have discipline. Like, I was eating more. I was making money, but I was spending all of it. Um, so for me, yeah. But as far as a collective... I feel like the universe is just letting us know it's not trying to save nobody. So, like, this is your moment to save yourself. Like, either you're, that's just how I feel. Um, And I believe as a people, we're waking up to that. Like, and even these conversations as we're by Black first, we're figuring out where our holes are. We're figuring out how we need to build as a people Um, And sitting at home is allowing us to do that. So I do believe as a people, we're hustling harder and we're realizing um, how to set foundation for some discipline. I appreciate that. I do. Thank you. Thank you. If you're new, tap in, tap in, drop a pen in the comments. I'm going through the comments right now, commenting back to everybody. Tap in one time, you know what I mean? Um, join the Patreon. It's in the link in my bio if you want to do that. Click the, the greenhouse at the top. Join the club, safe spaces. Uh, um, we got the conspiracy theory room tomorrow. We're about to get into a real conversation. I just feel like sometimes it's good to know the people that you're talking to and you guys are used to being up all night. So I want to just tap in with everybody. You know, I'm going to open the stage one more time, let a couple more people come up, let them lock in, and then we're going to have this conversation. I got about one, two, three, four, five, five, five questions I want to ask the people, you know what I mean? Um, actually, I think I'm going to keep this show a lot. DJ Primetime, you lucky, bro. You lucky. Um, later, so tap in. Um, you can get to the Discord for free by going to otg123.org. Good brother. Solomon Linnell. Solomon sleeps. Always sleep. Had to give a shout out to the creeps, man. You know how they go. <laughs> so... You know what, man? It's a couple things, right? So we got a couple forces at play. <coughs> um, wait, 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 bro. You got to tell them who you are. You got to tell them who you are. Oh, come on, man. Y'all, got, y'all know who it is. Oh, bro. Some new people who never heard of you before, bro. You got I got you. you. I got you. I got you. Hey, man, look. It's the one and only King Solomon, a.k.a. King Sol Uman, the soul of man in the building. Um. He hails from the shy, 
You know what I'm saying? The heartbeat of the nation, let it be known. He is risen. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I, I thought about this a lot, right? So it's a couple, there are a couple dynamics at play, right? Um, one, I think that uh, what was exposed um, was the system, right? And uh, what I what I see is uh, the fact that black people can adjust to anything, right? <clears throat> no matter what the conditions are, we adjust to that shit, and we make shit happen, right? We've always been like that's just who we are, right? Um, but what we see, and I think what's one of the things that's to me that became evident is that um, it is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a sick to a sick system, right? So what we did was we uh, it's just like somebody who eats junk all the fucking time, right? Um, the body adjusts to it. It's like, yo, you know what? You're gonna keep feeding me this junk and this poison. I'm gonna figure out a way to make it work, right? Um, I had somebody who I knew who was allergic to chicken, right? Um, so she would eat the chicken, um, but uh, she would she would have to take she would get real mucusy afterwards, right? Um, and then you know she might have to take Benadryl. So what happened was she stopped eating chicken. So she discovered she was allergic to chicken, stopped eating chicken. Um, but she loved it, right? She specifically loved uh, Hooters chicken, right? She stopped eating chicken. So she was like, you know what? I think it was like maybe a birthday or some shit. Um, she was like, you know what I want for my birthday? I want some Hooters wings. Some she had been eating all her life, right? Um, she would eat it, get some mucus. That would be it. Um, or she would have to maybe take some Benadryl or something, you know, it just depends. But stop eating chicken for a couple of months. No chicken at all. For her birthday, order some chicken. And it damn near fucking killed her. Right? What happened was um, her body had adjusted, right? So after all those years of adjusting to having a poison, now that the poison wasn't there, her body, whatever um, uh, chemicals or whatever systems it it put in place to account for the poison were no longer there because it wasn't coming, right? And so now that you interject that shit, it damn near killed her, right? And so that's kind of what I see with the pandemic, right? <clears throat> um, I've seen a lot of people who were had adjusted to, to the, the, the sick way that this place was set up, right? Um, to the constant um, fear-mongering, right? Even though it didn't stop, it just took on a different form. Um, to the to the way that it kept us busy, right? To the way that it kept us distracted from focusing on shit. The way that it intentionally kept us away from family, right? Um, just think about the American way, which urges people to leave their family as soon as possible, right? When you get eighteen, you run you run off to college. Make sure you go away to college, away from your family. Yeah, you're gonna come home every now and again, but as soon as you graduate, immediately go get your own apartment and away from your family, right? Then it encourages people, um, especially us, <clears throat> to uh, not get married, right? So they sell it as the American dream, but um, the way that uh, the, the culture is pushed is, yeah, get married later on. You got plenty of time for that shit, right? So it wants you young, single, away from your family as a way to push consumerism on us, Right. Um, if you're by yourself in your apartment, what's going to make you feel better? 
this big ass TV, this nice ass furniture, these expensive ass clothes, expensive shoes, this jewelry, right? This is what you're going to use to fill up the hole in your motherfucking, in your life. It's not, you know, being close to family or living with your, your people as long as you can and enjoying your grandma and, you know, your cousins and being around, being around people. It's being in, it's being away from people, buying it, buying this car, buy this house, um, and fill it up with shit you don't need, right? Um, and so that's the system, right? Um, COVID, because of because of the way that it came, um, it was rushed out. The way it was rushed out, um, it was clunky, and it hit people, right? And it exposed that, yo, being by yourself, um, it, that's not the way. I mean, the motherfuckers was trapped in their house with all the shit that they had bought. Um, by themselves right and you discover that you know what i really just want to be around my people that's what gives me fucking joy for the most for the most part i mean i'm an extreme introvert right um but i still like being close to my people like where i can touch them if i want to right so i think um the the it exposed that um in terms Uh, in terms of um, work, I think it showed that we did a lot of hustling for other entities that wasn't ours, right? Um, I don't know, and I've seen a lot of people in what I call the the corona come up, right? A lot of people that have been struggling, that had ideas, right? And I think the sister was one of them who talked about, you know, how she was reluctant to take the to take the PUA money. But it was a lot of people, they may not have been reluctant, but all they really needed was a nigga. All I, all I need is a chance, right? Just a, a, a lump of change to try to make something happen, right? There's a lot of people who, as a people, we're intentionally uh, kept behind the eight ball struggling so we can't make nothing happen, right? Um, so what I saw was a lot of people who, who uh, got an infusion of cash who always wanted to try something anyway. You know what I'm saying? They lost their job or their job shut down, right? And they got a chunk of change. Now I can go try what I really want to try. I saw that a lot, right? Um, and I'm also seeing, um, especially through this communication apparatus, that there's a, uh, a lot of people actually saw the need for Black people to, com to communicate and to do business with each other. But we were kept separated, right? Um, so we're, we're having a chance to coalesce Right. And, and and lay down the code and, and connect with people. Um, and like I said, I say this to you all all the time. Right. Um, we have been dispersed. Right. There was no place for us to talk right to us about us and put a plan in place. Right. Um, this came along. Right. Like divine timing where, yo, people just kind of it came together like fucking Voltron. Right. Where this shit is, is getting built in real time. Right. Um, so I think that shit is dope. Um, so I, I'm, I was actually really, really, uh, really optimistic about what the, the kind of rhetoric I was hearing during COVID. Right. Anybody that watched Game of Thrones, you heard Littlefinger say chaos is a ladder. Right. What that means is when the, when the world is going to shit or when the situation is going to shit, that's when you build. Right. Because by the time the chaos is over with, um, those who are building during the chaos, they're gonna have a leg up. They're gonna have a they're gonna have their shit, they shit in place. 
right? It's hard to build when shit is already established, right? The the mechanisms are already there, right? Um, people are already uh, got how they gonna move and who they moving with, and they lock that shit down. Is when when chaos is ensuing, that's when you fucking build. Um, the white people have a saying: when it's blood in the streets, that's when you buy. Right? A lot of motherfuckers got rich off um, putting putting plans in place when chaos was ensuing. And so that's what I want us to kind of understand, right? But I think that's all I got. I appreciate you, Barry. I appreciate you. I appreciate that perspective. Um, Queen Liza, Liza, you here with us? Hello, my darlings. It's me. <laughs> um, I just want to say... Real quick, real quick, like, so you gotta talk to the people. Like, there's new people in here, they don't know you. Tell them where you're from. They don't uh, know me. How? <laughs> um, no, Lisa, no. I'm, I'm from London originally, but um, I'm now in Tokyo, Japan. Yes, I'm black, <laughs> and um. Yeah, so I'm listening from Tokyo, Japan. The reason why I'm in Japan is because I went and married a Japanese guy and we've got um, twins that are models. And if you looked at Uniglow um, sometime last year, those two brown babies um, that were on all the posters were actually my kids. So for me, um, for me, the Rona has been a little bit... It, it is, you know, it's hard because my mum's in the UK. She's stuck in her apartment because they really take it hardcore over there. And um, she was actually supposed to come over to Tokyo because there was going to be the Tokyo Olympics. So it was going to be lit. Like my my um, my sister was coming. My mum was coming. You know, we've got the Dutch pot here. So she was going to cook up some food. It was going to be live. And I literally don't know when I'll see her ever again because um, Japan is moody, allegedly. And if you go out, they're like, okay, you go out, but you're not coming back in. Or they make it really hard for you to come back in if you're not a Japanese um, citizen because at the end of the day, they practice, you know, self-preservation and it's all about themselves. You know what I mean? So um, it's kind of a stalemate where I don't know when I'm going to see her. And she doesn't know when she's going to see me. And it's it's hard from that side as well. And I know a lot of people have lost a lot of loved ones. So I just want to um, just say, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with you guys as well. For me, it's been interesting. I'm a, actually a TV presenter in Japan for a show called Cool Japan, which some of you might have seen because it plays on cable internationally all over the world. I get fan mail from like India and places like that, which is wild. And um, there was a lot of film. Hey, wait, wait, put a link, put a link in the chat. I want to see it. Hold on. You want to see Cool Japan? <laughs> I just want to put a link to some shit you want so I can see. Put a all, link right, in the all right, chat. all right, all right. I'll, 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 I'll dig something out and put it on Discord. And um, and oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. And so, so for me, it's been it's difficult because obviously filming had stopped, although they worked around it where they, where you can film with like clear masks and stuff like that but um we used to go all over japan and film there so it was a little bit difficult and it's kind of slowed down the boys are still doing um modeling but i have to wrap them up like astronauts because obviously um anyone who knows tokyo is so heavily populated that i do worry but they're 
obsessed with being clean like they're really anal about being clean here so that helps and they were really into face masks from even back in the day my other thing that's really random is um when I I I love traveling so I travel all over the world and I love myself a little designer bag and before I could afford allegedly (laughs) before I could afford designer bags allegedly I've heard that some people would go into um some dodgy stores and behind those stores they had allegedly fake walls I've heard people have told me I don't know if I've seen it in real life people have told me this (laughs) and behind those walls I'd have all these designer bags but these walls were fake walls so it needed a push button that the person had a remote control for and it always made me scared that I would be like um, the Midas touch that you'd get stuck behind this wall where you couldn't eat anything but you were surrounded by luxury and the irony of that is I actually do um I flip luxury um um stuff so like original not fakes because in Japan they're really moody about having fakes so only originals so original like Louis Vuitton bags and Prada and stuff like that and I did I don't mind doing it and I love doing it and it's a little bit hard for me because my because I you know I also like the stuff so I tend to do more menswear now as well but what made me realize is even in a pandemic people wanted designer stuff but for me it was a little bit grotesque because it's like damn does God not show you anything and um I don't want to be too long-winded but um there's this this story this this joke that someone told me and basically it was about this man and he was drowning and he was super super religious and um this rubber dinghy comes up like this rubber boat and it says I've got a hole in the rubber boat but if you if you climb on board we might be able to get you to the shoreline and the man says no 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 it's okay it's okay God will send me a sign and then there's this helicopter and the helicopter says okay we've got a ladder we don't know if it can reach you but if you jump high enough we might be able to take you ashore and the guy says no 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 God will send me a sign and then the jet ski jet ski comes along and jet ski not jet ski a jet ski not a Russian guy a jet ski comes along and it says um you know we're running out of petrol but we might be able to get you to shore jump on board and the guy says no 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 god will send me a sign so mate he dies right obviously and he he goes to god he's before god and he's really angry and he's like god bruv like how could you how could you let me die and god says how many signs do you want me to send so i just feel like with this rona and um what's happening in texas and that's nothing against anyone in texas because that's beyond their control but god sends us so many signs and i just want everyone and i'm speaking to myself as well um you know not to necessarily focus on what glitters and and what's gold but also to just prepare yourself because as a lot of people say this is a, a life might not get a life might change and um also and I, I'm going long sorry guys but I just feel sad because I've got a lot of friends who are like club promoters and stuff like that and they've also been hurt hard so I know a lot of black people have actually been hurt hard in the entertainment industry but I'm, I'm glad that um you know a lot of people are discovering themselves Kobe <laughs> love <laughs> Kobe I appreciate it I appreciate it thank you thank you 
I, I really do tapping in, tapping in. Make sure everybody taps in, drop a pen in the comments. And if you did already, make sure you go over there and you're in the room and you like everybody in the comments. You sit in here. We're going to be here for a minute, so just run through. Run through. If you're in this room, you got a, a, a name in a circle. Take take some time while you listen to us talk and go like people's comment for tapping in. Drop yours in. Somebody will like yours. They can click see who you are. Network. Hustle while you in this room. It's part of hustling, right? We can hustle while we're right here in this room. Start that way. Go run those comments up. See what it does for you. I bet you it helps you. Um, good brother, Jay Chance. How you feel, bro? You here? Good, bro. Just chilling. Playing Madden. Talk to him one time, bro. Tell him. Tell him where you're from, who you are. Did quarantine expose a lack of hustle and discipline? And are you getting beat right now? Uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, yeah, I'm down 14-0, man. I'm on the verge of a comeback. And then as far as quarantine for me, it definitely brought out the hustle. Uh, so I tapped into more money. Just like on my own that I've been able to do, like even just working with my job. So it definitely helped me a lot to get more discipline. Um, I had a job throughout the whole pandemic, so I was still cool. But like just tapping into more side hustles and stuff like that. All right. All right. I appreciate you, bro. You better come back. We're going to come back and tap in for an update. I already know. All right. Good brother, Alonzo. You here, bro? Yeah. Yeah, I'm right here. Talk to the people one time. You know, um, we just started a conversation. And I kind of want people just to say where they're from, where they at. Tap in on the ground. Uh, and let people know that quarantine exposed a lack of hustle and discipline from last year until today. Yeah, I'm Alonzo from Chicago, live in Chicago. And in my circle and in the space that I was in during the quarantine, it definitely, definitely brought out some discipline in people and, uh, and prosperity. And, you, you know, I saw the genius in people that, uh, you know, it's like, wow, okay, these people know this to where where we're starting to uh, look into the books. Like, like, not many of us know how much the schools get per kid. You know, every other culture knows that stuff, you know, from day one. And it's just stuff we haven't been paying attention to. You know, we've been we've been uh, living pretty much like, like kids and letting other people uh, deal with our resources. And now I see that uh, that's changing. So, so that's, that's a wonderful thing that I've seen out of this. Uh, you know, I was in the business space, uh, creating a business, man. And uh, it started off with just trying to sell T-shirts. And then it went from there. I said, man, the T-shirts don't look right. And everybody was, uh, during this quarantine, they were just getting all this prosperity. 
and coming up and thinking different. So I went from t-shirts to clothes and I said, well, I can't sell this stuff because I want to compete with Amazon and instead of being, uh, you know, having Amazon do all my stuff because then it's their business if they manufacture it and ship it all out. So, so I said, I'm going to hold back. So I created a, uh, wound up creating a digital course. So I, there's no overhead. So I'm going to let that pay for manufacturing job. Then, then I got the website and, uh, and that turned into a whole thing, man. I, I finally figured out what Damon Dash was talking about. He said, man, there's so much shit you can do with the website that he had to stop. And that's where I was. So I made a radio station, a Powernomics television station. And then I made the course, which is uh, the core of a university that I'm starting all on one website because you got different pages on there. And, it, and this thing is just going crazy, man. And uh, I wasn't even going to launch it now, but I'm meeting so many people on Clubhouse. And I remember Tato and Leticia, we called a lottery that day because somebody messed her name up. So we just called a lottery. And they started, the first room I went into was that room. And it was, the, that was, the, uh, I believe, one of the beginning of the OTG uh, safe spaces. It was uh, February 3rd. But uh, yeah, so, so I met a, a, a teacher in there. So, so the course, which is no overhead, it's, it's all digital sales. That's, that's going to be pretty popular, you know? And, uh, like I said, oh, see people from Philly, you got, uh, uh, Benny, Benny Siegel and you got, uh, OTG. I see what you're doing on here, man, which is, which is wow. Just amazing. And then those little brothers from Philly, they were 24 years old when they started black and mobile. It's a, the company that, that, that you were talking about earlier that only delivers from Black-owned businesses. And they caught a lot of flack from Black people, you know, starting that business. But uh, what they said was, well, the Chinese are doing it and the Jews are doing it. You know, so, so that uh, kind of shut them up. That shut all the critics up. So, and, and it helped uh, so many people, man. And uh, I want to get them everywhere in Chicago. So I dedicated a space for them on my Powernomics TV page, you know, showcasing what they're doing. They're now in Atlanta and Detroit, as well as Philadelphia. And I also got a uh, Marcus Klein on there. He's in Chicago for 20 years. He's been sending kids to MIT, you know, with, with the school freedom home Academy international. And, and nobody shows that. So, so that's why I feel it's important to uh, create your own media. And, that, and that's what I'm doing, truenatives.com. And that's what I'm doing. Uh, it's Powernomics Television. I got, you can learn, you want to learn hieroglyphics? I got that on there too. You know, just everything positive, you know. And, and I showcase people like uh, the Cabello twins, Aaron and David Cabello, who started Black and Mobile. And uh, Marcus Klein, who's, who who uh, been teaching in Chicago for over 20 years and, and sending kids to MIT. And we got to showcase this kind of positive thing. So, so, and this has been during the pandemic. Like I said, I, I, I wasn't even going to come out and start advertising about it yet, but I came in the clubhouse and, it, you know, and uh, it's just a lot of positivity going, especially in the OTG uh, safe spaces. There's a lot of positivity I see there. So uh, yeah. And then, then the radio station, it's like, it's like no wap, no crap, clean soul music, you know, 
man. So so it's just all the soul music that we love, but then don't talk about uh WAP and uh you know no romance and stuff, just the good stuff. Like, you know, keep on moving and you know, all all of this here. But uh yeah, yeah, I don't wanna get long winded. But like I said, I had to stop. It's so much shit you could do with the website. You can make your own media just with the website. It's just, I guess, you, you, you can't focus uh, all on let's get the money right now. You know what I mean? The, the less you do that, because I'm working a job while I'm putting all this together. So all of my money is going toward this venture. And, uh, yeah, so it's turning out. Like I said, I don't want to get long-winded. I appreciate the time to uh, talk on here and uh, love. I appreciate you, good brother. I appreciate you. Um, make sure everybody that you go tap in on the Instagram, tap in, run those comments up. Go run the comments up, run through and like everybody you see in the comments, they're here right now. They're here right now. Run them up, run them up, run them up. Put yours in there. Just go on a liking spree. You know what I mean? Make it where people see what black people are supporting on a Friday. You know, we making the change we want to be. We having these great conversations with black people, for black people, by black people, and black people on spaces, you know what I mean? Um, and I appreciate all you guys. If you want to get in the Discord, tap in in the Discord. If you want to pledge to the Patreon, you know, we got live. Uh, uh, we stream live in there. Here we got all kinds of different things going on. I say stream live. Let me say it better. We have watch parties and movie night. We watch Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, brother, good brother Linnell, who's in here. He he hosts videos in there. Tell him real quick, Linnell. Oh shit! So um, we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of good good watch parties. Um, mainly focusing right now on a lot of the flatter of content because a lot of people got questions, right? Um, but eventually we're going to move on to some of the other documentaries. Um, I know the people are talking about Father Cabal. Um, somebody said, I know uh, uh, Z was talking about Phenomenon. So it's just a bunch of stuff that we're going to watch, right? Mo- most of the stuff we're going to watch is documentaries. We'll, we'll throw some movies in there now and again. But I'm a documentary dude. Like I, I like fucking knowledge. So that's how we get busy. Yes, sir. So and everybody on the safe spaces Instagram do it on the brother OTG when we try and get the most views, the most views, you know, that one we build in that page. But this one right here gives everybody in here a look, you know, starting on the page. Got 25,000 people on it. Some people got more. But that's how we network, you know what I mean? We show and support everybody. So go over there, tap in top left corner, go over to the Instagram. Just while you sit here, we almost at the end of the list. We about to start this conversation. So go tap in over there, like every comment, every single one. Go look how many black people support it. Just right there. It's pretty amazing. Um Pam, I feel like I skipped over you. Did you was you here? You went Pam, did you? Yeah, I did. I left because one of my girlfriends tagged me. It was just her in one room. She was having a little crisis. And I was like, I'm in a room. She's like, I need you. So I'm back, though. Sorry about that. Okay, you want to go ahead real quick? You want to tell the people where you're from? 
and, and who you are and did the quarantine expose the lack of hustle and discipline in your opinion from last year until today? Oh man, um, the quarantine is really was a blessing because I was working my nine to five commuting an hour to LA, wasn't able to really, I was running a nonprofit, wasn't able to dedicate to that and a few other things. But as soon as the pandemic hit, I went ahead and reached back and dusted off my insurance license and started my whole little agency. I got like 40 agents across the US. So it really it allowed me to be on my job and run my business at the same time. So, um, and I know a few others, you know, that launched apps and, and all this stuff. So I think that a lot of people, if you had any hustle in you, the pandemic, you know, if you had some hustle, it allowed you to kind of come up a little bit, in my opinion. So I think that um, it was for me, I wouldn't be able to do that otherwise. I was on these people's job 24-7 on the freeway and all that. So it it um, exposed the hustle, I guess, I would say. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys. You need insurance or anything like that. I sell for over 36 carriers. So I'm independent, so I can, you know, pretty much do everything. And, yeah, I would love to help our community with that stuff and just teach you more about it. Thank you. All right. I appreciate you. I appreciate you once again, everybody. Tap in if you're in this room. Tap in. Top left corner. Go over to the Instagram. Run the comments up. Run the comments up. It's about 160 people in there. It should be at least 30 or 40 likes on every comment. And there, that's 30 or 40 people hustling from their phone. It's 1245 in Philly right now. That's what I would do. I already beat you. I already put uh, uh, emojis in there. I'm ahead. Let's go, guys. Um, when we get to the end of the stage, um, I'm going to start asking some questions, and then I'm going to open the stage for people to come up and speak. You know, um, for everybody afterwards, this is just the plus of you guys being on the stage. You know, then we're going to open up and have this conversation. I got time. We're normally here at 7 a.m tap some people in we're gonna have a real real conversation i feel like it's important to for people to introduce themselves and, and know which perspective they're coming from all right so tap in drop a pen like that run those comments up while you listen to people run the comments up with likes run them up run them up run them up queen tracy are you here with me yeah yes i am i was I was tapping and running it up. No. Run it up one time. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Tracy Lynn. I'm from Atlanta. Um, I'm originally from Ohio. I was already working from home prior to the pandemic. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into no conspiracy theorists, but um, I was working for FEMA through several contracts, including 9-11, Katrina, BP oil spill, and several others. So it reminded me of that and what to do at that time. My parents were born at, was 40 when I was born, so they're in their 80s. And she, my mom had said something like, oh, they just write new history books. You know what I'm saying? So when she said that to me, I was like, oh, gig workers can work. Young jock out here doing gigs. I'm going to sign up for the gigs. And, and that's just how I did. And I I did them hustles. The stimulus came. I started my nonprofits because it's always been one of my goals. Even um, because I've been a Girl Scout 
and I've always volunteered. And um, when it comes to others and what they did with their money, yes, yeah, some people I say it may be wasted or whatnot, but it always be those ones that get the food stamps and stuff that, you know, live lavish but don't have a mindset that business owners or people may have. Then you have those that, like me, may have had a dream that they um, were able to go forward with. And I like that because that raises our frequency as a collective. And that's what we're looking for for this pole shift. So that's the way I look at it. Um, and it's all love. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for that perspective. Um, good brother Ryan, you here? Yeah, I'm here, OTG, and uh, appreciate it. Um, you, you know what I'm saying, bringing me up on the stage as well. And uh, I'm from Dallas, Texas. My name is Ryan Magruder, and um, I probably shouldn't tell you my last name, but anyway, my name is Ryan. And um, yeah, from the whole quarantine, I would say that it kind of did mess me up because I was working at UPS, but I got fired. And then I was going through um, TWC, which is unemployment, and I was getting that. And I got a good hustle off of that as my new, as my beginning. And also for my stimulus check, I kind of felt like that kind of boosted up too, as a little bit as for me, as, as I say, a mature way. So um, yeah, I mean, I feel like. During this whole quarantine, it just taught me a whole lesson with really with people and the whole thing with life um, between pos positive and negative, and like it's a balance between, and that's all where it stays in my mind from, you know, with reality and um, yeah, that's all I can say. Love. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that, and I appreciate that perspective. Um, good brother Jay looks. Jay looks. Talk to him one time. Tell him where you're from. Well, I don't know how you feel. Did the quarantine expose the lack of hustle and discipline? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Um, uh, yeah, this jokes out of um, Virginia, and uh, all right, all right. As far as me and like, um, so here we go, guys. Here we go. Are y'all ready? Y'all cool? Hold on, hold on. Y'all ready? Cook now? Oh, yeah. he, hey, he was you. he was talking OTG. Oh, I can't hear nothing, bro. <laughs> oh, you can't hear me. Hey, Jay, look, she got can't hear you. I'm sorry. Y'all heard him, or everybody heard him, and I didn't. Yeah, I, heard I could hear. Yeah, I can hear. Oh uh, yeah, I don't hear nothing. Um, Hey, hey Jokes, um, leave the room and come back, bro. All right, bro. What's crazy is I'm recording him and I could see he was on there. Now that I was looking. Y'all can hear me? All right, yeah. I'm back. Can y'all hear me? I hear you now. All right. Uh, yeah, this, um, this Jokes, I'm out of Virginia. And, um, you know, uh, as far as speaking on the quarantine, you know, um, 
I'd have seen it. I'd have seen our people, you know, really um, be innovative as far as, you know, starting their own businesses and things, which, you know, I I love to see that because I love to see how people do well. Um, far as for me, I I worked throughout the whole pandemic. You know, I never stopped. So prior to the pandemic, you know, um, I'm a truck driver. I had my CDL for 10 years. And, um, you know, over the years of talking to different people, different drivers, older and younger, uh, I knew I was going to make it a career and I wanted to get the most out of it. So any and everything I could learn, I've been trying to learn and gotten every endorsement, you know, so I've actually done well, um, along with doing well, you know, each time I, I don't work for a couple of different companies and the one I'm at now is the most I done ever made in my life. And I decided, you know, when I started having more income that I was going to be smart with it. I was always been told it takes money to make money. So instead of creating more bills, you know, I've been trying to learn and gain as much knowledge as I possibly could. And in the same time, the money that I take and buy something I ain't need, I just put it in the bank. I put it in the bank. I made a little nest egg and coming close to stepping off the porch. I just want to make sure, you know, as far as my endeavors of what I dabble into, I was looking into getting my own truck, but I done heard good and bad stories about that. So just trying to get as much information and much knowledge as I could off of it. I feel like I'm gaining, like um, you creating this space, OG, you know, I, you know it's just it's, uh, a big inspiration. You know, you, you're doing a lot of good things and you, Tato, Lionel, K, everybody, you know, that is on here and speaks, you know, I think it was destined to be. And, you know, we y'all building something great here and everybody that's here and around and can hear y'all voice and able to invert their opinions and knowledge in there, you know, I just think it's a really good space, you know, and something we all could come up from. And, you know, I appreciate the time. Love. Appreciate you, Jokes, man. I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you coming and, and just chilling with us. And built and with us, man. Yeah, uh, that's why I decided, even in the smallest thing, I just put in a, a a a champion emoji, the the trophy emoji, like we building right now, and we destroying some 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 negative thoughts, and we about to build some more. So I think I seen the highest number in the comments, twenty four. Go run them up, run them up, run them up. All right. So one of the one of the questions that I've heard, and one of the things I heard over this whole course of the conversation, I'm about to open up the stage. Y'all putting people in here because now we about to get to the to the meat and potatoes. Y'all here? Y'all ready? Let's get yeah. it. Let's get it. Let's do it. 
It's the Stage is over. Stage is over. Run it up, run it up, run it up, run it up. Run to the comments, run them up one time if you want to support what you're about to hear. We just about to get started. You know what I mean? We had to, sometimes we got to do the introduction and sometimes we got to run the people off who's going to be funny. So we could just get the serious business people up here. You know what I mean? Because people who don't got patience, they already left. So now it's time to work. You already work. All right. So the first question I got right now is. Did unemployment create a new black economy? How do y'all feel about that? Everybody's cooking. That's, that, that's hot. That's hot. Did unemployment you, create all black economy? If you look at if you look at it in the spectrum of what people took their unemployment and did as far as creating businesses then I would say, yeah, it had a, a, a huge factor in playing into that along with the pandemic. I would say yes on a micro level, but on a macro level, no, because even that pool of money is controlled. So you can only do but so much. And that's why we talked about like that dependency aspect, whereas people, you know, they get more money on unemployment than they do their jobs so they get comfortable, but you're still being spoon-fed a certain amount, which, whereas the government thinks, you know, you're worthy of. So, um, no. I want to say uh, it did and it didn't. Um, I think only because we have to understand that even though we did get this money, where were we spending it at? Like the queen said, you know what I'm saying? Um, even though we're starting a bunch of businesses, if we're not spending that dollar where the black businesses are started or where the black businesses are at, then how, as a, you know, a black community, are we even going to grow if we're still taking the money or the money that we get from our business and instead of investing it into other black businesses or into the community, how are we really going to grow? Love y'all. Now that makes perfect sense, Devil. I know a lot of it did definitely um it definitely allowed people to expand on their black business, but then on the other end of the spectrum is where the scamming went O D, which is what that's gonna cause an issue in the end. So it kinda depends on where people put that money. So I believe um kind of what she just said. So I work for one of the banks that issue the cards. Unemployment, I would say no. Now, the whole unemployment plus the riots, yes, there was a need built and we're working on it. But overall, it was a lot of waste of unemployment. Like, I did fraud and I just looked at overall transactional trends. Like, we ain't all up in these people's business now with these cards. And overall... They were wasteful. Like, it was kind of sad because they're calling and talking to people saying, this is the most money I've ever had. And they're in a Louis Vuitton store. No, like, go buy a house. (laughs) I I used to feel like that, but it's knowledge. And so I never fault people if they don't know better. It's just one of those things where we just kind of, we got to show them that. It it is. You know, it's called hood rich. I mean, we, 
we first get our money, we just want to go buy the blinged out, whatever. But if we don't teach about liabilities versus assets, that's something that we have to do better at. You know what I mean? So that's just how my opinion. And I think it strengthened the current uh, black economy, even if it was the dice games, you know, money was exchanged in black hands uh, more than it was before. But uh, I, I saw a lot of people personally uh, invested and do some things, even if they were just trying to pretend like they wanted to do a T-shirt thing just to get some money. But but it wound up, you know, they actually had a business, you know. So, uh, yeah, I did see the unemployment uh, work work in the community and exchange a few hands before it left. But. All right, so I got a follow-up question for you guys. So, um, essentially, you guys are saying yes and no, right? Yes, it did work. No, it didn't. It's on a smaller level, not a major level. Is that essentially what the consensus is in here? Yes. Just one yes? That's how y'all feel? Y'all not sure? What's up? Yeah, that's yes. Yeah, that's yeah. That was typing in the school. Are you gonna talk about that that loan that people are getting? What is that thing? Uh, PPP loan or SBA? Yeah, we need to cook on that because that's not gonna have a lot of people on paper. But 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 yeah, like I'm not gonna go that route. I just want to just try to get a consensus of how everybody feels. Um. So that's that's general. So my follow-up question would be when people say, you know, the small versus big argument and or people scamming and all the negatives, it's a two-part question because, one, is it starting a business the small step that needs to happen for uh, 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 more people to actually get employed and, and actually stay, you know? The high turnover rate for a small business is like five years. Most businesses don't make it to five years, whether you were in this economy or out of this economy. But the first step for a lot of people is to start the business and to see that shit gets real. So wouldn't that what if people starting a business be the first step? No matter how they got it, that's one. And two if we know that people are going to make bad decisions, are we investing in the companies that can make money off of that? Because that's not just a black people problem. That's a, a life problem. Like credit card companies have lost prevention and security services. Companies have security cameras. Like why? Cause niggas still, you know what I'm saying? Like, so every place we go, Everything pretty much has uh, 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 some kind of security measure because people still. So it's not, it doesn't start with black people. It's not like we're outrageous with the stealing. It's just like we just know more black people and people still in general, you know what I mean? So are we invested in the other other measures? Because as you see things, you know, you should think that the opposite becomes available, right? So if you see people doing more business online, then you would probably need more security online. You know, so is there enough conversation about getting in security? And also, um, 
when people say, you know, for those who didn't start businesses, do you really want people starting businesses who shouldn't start businesses? Like, they absolutely have zero hope to actually, you know, maintain, not in our opinion, but just in real life. And do you really want people, you know, I hear a lot of times of people saying people should have got in real estate, but do you really want people spending 50 grand now to sell for 6,000 later because they just get overwhelmed and get it done over and then the white man buys their shit anyway. You know what I mean? So those are my two our veggie bag questions. Hi, my name is Kayla. I'd like to answer the second one. Go ahead. Um, so with the whole thing with like, do you want people um, to start businesses who really don't have a business starting businesses? Um, I believe like, no, like, I mean, businesses need customers and consumers. So like not everyone can be a business owner. Not everyone can be a leader at the end of the day. You know, like you, I feel like, you know, if you're good at a certain service, um, then you should do that. If you're good at a certain, you know, if you're good as a business person, then you should do that. I don't think like every, and I feel like a lot of people, especially in our society, like they think that, oh, you're not really doing nothing if you're not an entrepreneur. Like, that's not true. Like, people still need worker bees at the end of the day. Like, not everyone can be the boss of, you know, the company. Like, no, we need we need the CEO, and then we need people that are under the CEO and people that are under them so, like, we can have this whole, like, thing going on and so that we can be successful. I feel like people, they they try to get into something and then, you know, it, it flops and then they don't know why. And it's because society is telling you that you you should be doing this when in reality, no, your heart is in music. You should be making music so that the CEO doesn't, you know, like off himself because he's so sad because you make great music. Something like that. It's just like the circle of life, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. I think sometimes being bad at business for some people makes them understand that they should be a worker. So sometimes I'm okay. Like that's how I kind of view life kind of from my, my personal perspective It's like, you know, I have my opinion when people start their business, if I can help them. And I know people have opinion about mine. Um, but when I see people fail or, you know, you try to help people and they just destined to keep making bad decisions or whatever the case may be perspectively. You know, I think what that tends to do is make people respect your business even more, especially if you stand tall the whole time. So, you know, sometimes, you know, I've had a lot of guys try to make similar businesses because they they thought they knew exactly what I was doing. And so they tried to just replicate and make the same thing. And then the same 10 years, I've watched them start, find success, and then be over with and go back to work. And I've seen that a lot of times over the last 10 years. You know what I mean? I've seen a lot of people I know start businesses and then people try to replicate their business who is friends and all kinds of weird shit. And the friend's business become more great. And one person gets so hard broke because of friend and they just start doing bad business and their business closes. But then they become a patron and they buy black. So it's like, you know, life has this way of kind of like 
uh, uh, pushing out the people who, who aren't supposed to be in the right place for the most part. You know what I mean? Um, that's kind of how I look at it with the business aspect. Uh, I feel like it teaches people some kind of discipline you can hop in, but then you automatically understand that it's a little bit more. And each step that you take in one direction or the other leads you further into another direction. And as long as you keep walking until you're a Fortune 500 company or something, you know, you can keep walking and investing in your business and keep learning. It's like a never-ending journey. So, you know, in my mind, when people even think about quitting, it lets me know that they meant to be workers. That's just kind of how I look at that, you know what I mean? And I'm okay with that because I'm a worker in a lot of aspects, and I take pride in that. That's why I'm OTG. That's part of what that stands for, you know what I mean? Is <clears throat> what I'm not good in, I'll do the work for it, you know? So I had no problem working or being a proud worker, you know, but in the boss of the world, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I do a good job at that. And so I'm trying to do that and I'm not quitting at that. And I don't really understand how people quit, but I get it at the same time because everybody's different. So I feel like, you know, at sometimes like I would look at people and I would see them going out of town and just doing crazy things. But then I would think like, damn, when I would do some homework, I would see that maybe I went to uh, a, a sister who was now just stepped into being a, a travel agent. And because of Instagram and Clubhouse, I see so many black people who work on the planes and work in TSA and do different things of that nature. So they're essential. So, you know, in one form or fashion, I feel like streets got fed and the streets fed people you know what i'm saying and it's just part of the cycle that kind of needed to happen while it happened but you know i think we'll see in three years or four years how many people really stacked their bread up or did something but the first question was was and still is is a start in a business a start like what do you think um do you think the LLC hustle and the EIN and, and, and that aspect of it was good? Do you feel like um, it's not the conspiracy theory room, but I kind of want to say say this. So I've, I've heard that there's a new crime bill on the way that is going to tighten up cyber, cyber security. So if the motherfuckers wasn't on their game now, they better get on it. You know what I mean? Meaning like the second and third wave of any unemployment and stimulus guys should not try to get those loans. And they should just stop talking about them early. You know what I'm saying? Because a new Joe Biden crime bill is on the way. You know what I mean? And it's co-written by Kamala Harris and it's going to have a lot of cyber stuff in it. Um, so all the regulation of all these different things is right around the corner. Um, allegedly that is part of the reason why the whole fake news campaign by Donald Trump was being spread because they're about to tap into his bread that he got invested in these online, online things. You know what I'm saying? They're about to start regulating that because they finally just tapped in and realized it's a lot of money moving around and they're not getting a piece. 
it's a lot of people uh, uh, running businesses and not claiming a 1099. You know what I mean? But getting grants and loans and things. And even the lightweight security they're making people do is just light enough to document that your ass got some shit from them and they want their bread back with interest plus tax. Get on this payment plan. You know what I mean? Or get your driver's license took or get your car took. Some shit like that is on the way. So, you know, um, but it's as simple as like telling guys to go run the comments up when you're not doing nothing else but sitting in a room. It's so hard to get black people to just kind of support and do basic things. Like, I think we should be happy that people started businesses, the people who did. I think we should be happy that they maintain this damn law because it's a cutthroat society that, that we live in. You know what I mean? And because of white supremacy, we do got to go extra hard. And even if we don't feel like we don't have to, then we feel like other niggas is dumb because they have to. And even if you don't feel like you got to work, you feel like somebody else is dumb because they do this. Like, this shit is hard. But it's beautiful. It's great. Because who wants to be the other guys, right? But at the same time, like, to jump in this business field and get out here and call yourself us. Whether you busting traps every day, you going and working at the gym, you driving a bus, you feeding people, you wiping ass, whatever your job is that you do, to get up every day and go do that in itself, that's some sort of discipline. You see what I'm saying? If you do it for yourself, you're disciplining yourself. So to get out there and hustle that way is already a statement. But to really, really hustle for what you want and to really, really pay attention to what was going on this last time, a lot of you guys are right on cue, you know what I mean? Like, you see what it was for the last year. Like, we could be being trained for this to be the new lifestyle. Clubs is rarely open. You got to find them and sneak out. And if you go sneak to a big major party with a thousand people, like, it definitely could get shut down by the cops on some crazy movie shit. It could definitely be going to where any mass gathering over 300, but that's fear-mongering. We're just saying, overall, things could really go and change. Um, can I speak on that? Go ahead. I just wanted to say what I noticed during... This pandemic, um, as you all see, that I have at TIs there, so I use that as my third eye. When doing the gig apps and everything, being in the Atlanta area, you can cross the street and you're in a Democratic city. And then you can cross the street and be in a Republican city. I could cross the street and have to wear a mask and cross the street and I have to wear a mask. And those are the things that I looked at during this pandemic. It was all political. After January the 21st, has anyone noticed in those democratic cities, they're now demanding that they need the, they need to open. They're not going to, the economy is not going to survive and things of that nature. So when I mentioned, um, my mother earlier 
it just made me think about Warren Buffett. In one of his videos I watched when I got my business degree in 99 or something, he had mentioned that it was something like this that went on, that he jumped on the stocks, like with the AMC thing and the um, GameStop and everything. So being that I coined, I try to coin Return of the Throne for all our people because I just want us to think about our ancestors before we got on them slave ships. And if we think like that with our businesses, we have nothing, no reason not to return to the throne. I agree, I agree. So, everybody tap in, run the comments. Uh, my second question, I got another question for you guys, top left corner. Tap the Instagram, run the comments up. You know what I mean? You about to get somebody the most likes they ever had in the comments on Instagram ever on something positive. They'll probably tap in and go see who each one of you guys are. Take five seconds, run them up, run them up. And what I want you guys to, uh, my next question is, did a lot of people get spiritual over the last year? I feel like over the last year I've heard I feel like I've seen more black people and just maybe it's people in general who've had the time off. And I know some people have worked, but because they've worked and then and they're off time from work, there's really not shit to do because they was banned and they was deemed essential. So they still home. So they kind of got just like this newfound time. And in this newfound time, do you think a lot more people got spiritual, got closer to their religion, got uh, uh, further from religion and just more close to who they are? Like, do you think, like, people got more bonded in that level? I think it's your last statement. I mean, OTG, when you said um, got closer to who they are, I just think people were really forced to just sit with themselves. And that could have either been scary or very inviting for somebody. And then um, just being exposed to the right things at the right time with having your phone, you know, in your hand. Like those algorithms could be scary as well. But if like somebody was really just being mindful of what they were consuming and being mindful of like their dietary um, decisions throughout this entire time, um, I definitely think this time could have been very impactful and they would have seen a lot of um, changes in their life. I definitely think it was an influx of spirituality and people just getting in tune with themselves, whether if they're religious, um, just to see the people that are still actually going to online church. And then on my aspect, I'm more of a spiritual person, but it seems like there's an influx of people getting into crystals and staging and, it's more trendy now, but I think that's because people have so much more time to research different things. So I definitely think it did open up a door for that too. Kind of goes. I apologize. Go ahead, King. It kind of goes back to if you was already doing your entrepreneur thing, then you was on your journey. If not, you know what I'm saying? You kind of was like lazy for me. Um, I think people 
that was either already doing a spiritual thing, it kind of just allowed them more time to connect and be balanced. And then as far as like no church being open, I think it kind of left people that was really heavy in the religion kind of lost. Like, man, wh what do I do now? How do I, you know, where do I do for Bible study or what do I do for Sunday mornings? And so I think it left a few people lost, but I think it left a lot of people that considered themselves spiritual to just reconnect with themselves. I say for me, uh, you know, I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a, I'm a, I'm actually I'm a executive director uh, for Development and uh, Disability Center, and uh, you know, I've always spent my entire life helping other people, you know, and for the very first time in my entire life, I had to focus on me. Not only that, you know, dealing with a you know a breakup. And, you know, as far as, you know, our relationship with my kid's mom after eight years, you know, like I really had to focus on me. So I went through a lot of traumatic things while still trying to make my move into veggie back off of what Darian said. You know, it was hard for some people and some people was just like a, hey, it was a piece of cake. But for me, it was very, very, very difficult, you know. And so as a therapist, I had to go see a therapist. You know, but, you know, it's just it, this this pandemic really exposed who you really are. That's some great points right there. I think I agree. You know what I mean? I think I agree. Um, I was selling cars. I mean, that was one of my main things. And I was still moving music, running a website. Um. I've always had the brand, but then I would partner so people would bring me in to help bring them exposure, you know, just like I'm kind of doing for you guys right, right now. Help create, find a place that works for them the most, and then just kind of bring them people in and put them in a place where they can, can just have them, you know what I mean? So for a car lot or something of that nature, like they buy a lot of leads and they're in a the neighborhood. But, you know, the neighborhood around it doesn't really know too much about the car game, most part. So a lot of times, you know, they're just not really in the game, in the game. They don't have Instagrams. They don't have Facebook fan pages. Like, they're not tapped in with the right algorithms to hit the right people. So for me, I kind of always have been doing this. That's what I do for artists, rappers whatever we just build strategic marketing campaigns and real marketing campaigns that touch real people and affect them and, and people stay connected forever you know um, i've been doing this for like 15 years total in the back rapping making beats writing songs all of the, the, the typical shit you know um uh, but as I would work with these businesses i would stay for a while do things with them so this last place i was at I was um, right here in Darby, Pennsylvania, for people who know or don't know. I was right there. Uh, it's a little borough right outside of West Philly, Southwest. You know, and the corner that it was, it was a dead corner, you know, right on the tip of the hood right there, you know what I mean? Popular spot right there on the other corner. And so I wanted to run it up one time. I thought it'd be smart just for a business to post up in the same spot for like two years. You know what I mean? Make some money standing on the block. 
and, and, and shake hands and tell teach and talk to niggas about overtime grinding real real black people things. So I posted up. You know what I mean? I saw after about a year and a half, two years, the county came through and was like for the pandemic. You know, you gotta close, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And at the moment, like, I had kind of got comfortable because it was kind of easy, you know what I'm saying? Like, selling cars is easy for me, so staying on a block is easy for me. Talking about this shit is easy for me, so it's like an easy bag. I stopped really recording, stopped really doing other things, and it takes a lot of time. So I was trying on a car lot, running in on these brick walls and different things that involve just trying to get into the car business, right? And so this shit came, boom, sold my whole shit down. So now when I sit down, my first thing is, okay, well, I got the music shit. I bet I had this. I got a strong name, strong name in the streets, strong name on the internet, strong name in multiple cities like I just pop off with this real quick. So I'm like, all right, I'll sell a shirt, get some shirts, popping, whatever. I'm not really worried. I got bread, not saying it in that aspect, but like, you know, I'm not in a bad situation. I got a kid on the way. And that's really what got me stressed is like, I got this child on the way. COVID's happening. Nigga can't pull up to the meetings. I can't, I mean, to, to none of the appointments, like, you got to sit in the car, you can't do shit. Like, it's, it's real real strange out here trying to maneuver, you know what I mean? So, like, that's on my mind heavy. And because I work outside, and I'm that type of move-around person anyway. I'm, like, worried about am I going to bring the shit in the crib? But a portion of the income just dropped, and I still got to bust these traps now more than ever. So, you know, I bought some equipment, started really running that up. That's probably about May, May, June, you know what I mean? Finally got around to working on my YouTube channel, like right now. I think in the last three weeks, it's got a million plus views. All these YouTube videos that I watch while I was doing other shit and shit I was implementing for other people's businesses and rappers and shit, I never got to do for myself. So I sat down actually did the shit for myself. I'm seeing it really take off now about a year later. Shit is just random shit's getting searched and kind of going viral. Um, I brushed up on, on some skills of editing videos and spent a lot of time with my kids, man, got some sleep, right? So then as we start to hustle and come through things, you know, Clubhouse comes around, different things people been telling me, bro, you should have a podcast, you should do this, you should do that, you should have a class, you should make a course. All of the shit that people tell you to do, but you're comfortable and the money's right. You know what I mean? Like, I always try to tell young guys and, and my homies, like, it's not about the decisions when you make when you down, right? It's more about the decisions that you make when everything is good. Because that's when you really push the levels. You know what I'm saying? Like, when shit is good, niggas start chilling. And so I, I'm guilty. We was chilling, you know what I mean? And not in a bad aspect, because my chilling is still working. I'm still putting in 70 hours. I'm still putting 40 hours in on overtime grind. 
you know, on the same three hours a night, two hours a night schedule for probably six years now. You know what I mean? Like just grinding it out, building it up. So for me, my chilling is I should have probably been did the YouTube. I should have probably been started doing the shirts. I probably should have just been doing some shit that I knew to do. And I just wrote it off like I didn't have the time. And for whatever reason, I didn't do it. But then I had the time and it only made sense. But then in other ways, it made me realize like, yo, these white folks really not teaching my kids shit, bro. Like, I pull up, it's really just me and my baby mom teaching her everything. Like, what the fuck is these niggas doing? And why is they getting this much bread if this is what we getting? I just really didn't know. I was moving around, so my intervals were small. You know what I mean? And so it really made me just kind of just how I was thinking about some shit. Like, hold on. Do I really want these niggas teaching my babies? You know what I'm saying? And, like, now that I have time to really think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. Like, who the fuck is going to teach my kid? And what is the options? So it got me in different conversations. And now falling on the platform and having this platform really starts to matter now. Because now I'm like, all right, niggas been parents. People been doing things. Some of these conversations I'm just tapping into. We got time because we had the crib. I got a platform that just been sitting. So for... A nigga like me, this shit kind of been a blessing because if it never would have happened, I would have never stopped working, bro. And I probably would have had a car a lot. I probably had 10 of them. But my kid might have went to a fucked off school. I might have missed that. I might have missed the fact that there's a lot of niggas out here, you know, where I, the way I was feeling in the music business was like, everybody want to get rocked. And niggas don't love making music. But I didn't came across some real people who love their craft so much. And this clubhouse at it almost brings the inspiration back to a motherfucker like me who had quit just being like, man, I'd rather get money and something solid, not this what niggas create shit, because that shit's fictional. And I can create my own shit, but trying to depend on somebody else to create some shit, some shit you can't see yet. I don't really know if I got the time and energy with kids to be on that time. But from having these conversations and the way shit's going, you know, it's made me see, damn, I got this fucking platform. This is what I could do with all these followers. This is what I could do with a YouTube channel. This is what I could do with all this shit. I never really gave a fuck about. I just had, because I was working with niggas, and I give a fuck about being in the music or I like creating. So for me, as long as I'm helping niggas create shit that's touching people, I'm with it. I don't really care about all the following and this and that and the other shit. But I learned over the last year that if I care about it, then I might not have to go stand in no motherfucking car lot or do no other shit like that no more. I could probably really do my own shit and really kick off and help a lot more people than doing them loans and other shit that I was doing. So I feel like it's a gift and a curse, right? It's like you took a hit in the pocket, you took a hit and was was secure, but at the same time, you had to take some steps. 
And some people might fall, but they also donated to the economy, you know what I mean? And if they go back to work, then it just wasn't for them, right? Or is that fucked up way to look at it? Oh, no, that's awesome, all the things that you've done. Um, I just wanted to not get too personable, but have you thought about having a midwife and have a water birth so that you could be there when the baby's born? I hate that they're breaking Oh, she came, she came, she came. I did it that way. Yeah, we did it that way. Yeah, I'm 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 a midwife advocate. Yeah, I'm a midwife advocate. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Yeah, that's that work right there, and people need to respect that, man. Just on that time, like we have that, I got that on the list. But people definitely need to respect that. That, that, that was something totally, totally, totally. My first child was born in the hospital. My second kid was born with the midwives, and the midwife way, that was a chill ass way, like, and that's the way it's supposed to be. I wish I could have did that. I know that. I wish I could have did that. You know what I mean? It was it was that. So I appreciate that. Um but my next question is so you guys feel like people got more spiritual. You feel like it was the gift and the curse, and I agree one hundred percent. It was the gift and the curse. But do what do you think the next three years looks like? for the black community three to five hi this is kayla again um i believe that like this right here was kind of like a wake a wake-up call and like we like we said before um you know it was a wake-up call in different ways some people got spiritual or more spiritual some people you know got to know themselves a little bit more some people got even closer with their family or whatnot but I feel like when it comes to, I mean, I guess because the way I interpreted your question, I'm thinking of just like in a general sense. Um, I feel like Black people, there's going to be a lot of changes, but I also feel like there's going to be a lot of um, people that are going to stay stagnant. You know, like not everyone's going to flourish within the next five years. I personally have big plans for myself. So I'm going to speak it into existence and say that I will be flourishing in the next five years. And so will my loved ones. But like if we're, if we're being completely honest, I feel like some people have gotten discouraged. I feel like this pandemic has also like, you know, uplifted people, but it's discouraged people. You know, a lot of people fell into depression. A lot of people who were sober and had been sober for so long, you know, they, they relapsed. You know, a lot of people are stuck in a rut because of the situations that they're in. And so I feel like some people are going to have to dig themselves back out of that hole. And that may take a lot longer than, you know, the end of the year. That's just what I think personally. I think we're going to have a Black renaissance within the next five years. I feel like we have these spaces now that we can connect with each other. It may seem bleak now, but if we keep building these spaces and building these tribes and help the ones that are falling, the ones that can't go, they can't go. But the ones that are really trying and putting forth the effort, we got a lot of good shit going on opposed to the bad stuff, too. So I really see black people flourishing within the next five years because these white people are going to tear themselves down. They're already going crazy. So 
as long as we just put our energy into what we really want, we gonna be good. We gonna be great in these next five years. Like how it was back in like Harlem when Harlem was moving back, back, back in the day. I can see that for us. I totally agree. Even like us that grew up in the eighties, it's like if we can get that vibe back to the generations that are coming up behind us, I agree with you. I agree. It can happen. You're the third person that said a black renaissance. I believe this is true. This is the third time today that I've heard the word that this is a black renaissance. I also feel like um, there's going to be a lot of uproar in the black community with, um, uh, you know, just trading stocks and cryptocurrency too. I know people in my circle are starting to get on it and it's just interesting to see how like it's spreading. Kind of depends on what people want to do with it. Um, I mean, I know me personally, I really do hold the safe spaces that you created down and I always talk about it and, and, and praise it and uplift it. But I really do feel like met like-minded people and you know what I'm saying whether it's a health journey and, and it's a discord for that or you know what I'm saying it's just to get the conspiracies off so it just depends on what people want to do with it you know like Solomon say if we want to stay on code you know we building a code right now so if others want to listen to how we moving and, and move in that way I think you can help now you may have people you know everybody can't go so I think it's about building a code and just and just following it so it depends on if they want to get on or, or, or if they just want to fall off. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Oh, so I was going to say, um, every time there's a crisis in the United States, our history is that there's a transference of wealth. This is the first time Black people really got to play in that. And like she said, the crypto, we're in real estate, we're in that's We are transferring the wealth because they think we won't work. It's no, we just don't want to work for you. Um, I, okay. I was to say something, but there was someone before me now. Sorry, Darlene. Whoever was before me, guy, I just remembered. Real quick, everybody new to the room. Everybody new to the room, top left corner. Go run up in the comments. Go in the comments, like everybody's comment. Let them know you see them. Let's network that way. That's something small we could do at one thirty in the morning. I'm not Philly. Hey, I'm not sure that space to, to run up the comments. All you do is click top left corner, click my name, click the Instagram. Then the very first picture is a screenshot of this room right here. And then when you see the comments, just start liking them. It's all kinds of different people who's tapped in in the comments. Like them, like the comment, let them know you did here. And that's how people will know that you're in this room right here with them, like-minded people, and they'll just kind of an easy, free way to target, and people can follow each other from just being in the same space. You know what I mean? Uh, and the people who take that serious, you know, that's a serious step. If you see them there and you, you like the comment, then, you know, that's the first steps and... and, and networking and building what we talking about building you know because like the brother said i definitely feel like um 
the internet and technology is the way. Go ahead, Liza. I think it was a brother, and then it was Liza. Go ahead. Yeah, let the brother go first because he was before me. Uh, okay, that was probably me, the same one who uh, didn't know what he was doing with the uh, comments. But uh, yeah, so I, I already see us winning. You know, I, I, I see. I'm looking at the whole chess game, and we we're in place. We're running this, and they trying to ask our permission. Can they put us in chains? You know, the whole game is a slave game, the way I see it. And they just trying to ask us and we keep giving them permission to do this, whether they want to persecute Bill Cosby, R. Kelly or whoever. Uh, They got to ask us first and we keep giving them permission to do these things. So uh, I think uh, when we realize that we're in charge, we'll be all right. Just stop giving them permission. I agree. I agree. I mean, I um, I just kind of want to know what you guys think. What else do you think? Next five years, where do you see where do you see us booming the most? Solomon, you see here, you sleeping? What's up with it? I got a quick veggie OTG. Okay. Solomon's a creep. <laughs> you know, he gotta go. We gotta put him in the. We gotta put him in the audience. Oh man, what you said? Oh, <laughs> he was up. Oh, we put him in the dirt. <laughs> bring him back. We bring him back. So they had to get back to the goddamn screen, man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Uh, what's cracking? Good morning. It's morning for me. Oh, not afternoon. Oh, shit. <laughs> so my question to you, you three, I know the brother wants the, want the veggie real quick, but I just was wondering where you guys saw the black economy and the black community in the next five years. You know, 2026, from your best per, uh, uh, perspective, what do you think? Um, you going live now? I go last. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, just seeing over the last year, um, I have definitely been noticing an, a wake up amongst black people. Um, I know I've been drawn to that black, black root science book and I see a lot of people being drawn to it. Um, definitely um, see communities being built up, um, kind of vegging in off what the last brother said. He said um, that they, they somewhat need to ask for permission. And that's kind of what they say in the book, you know, like we're, we're going to build our own communities. And once all of us kind of realize and wake up uh, <clears throat> and, and have in the book, they put it as no sympathy for YT, but basically, you know, it's 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 basically what what that last guy said. You know, it's like we keep giving them permission to to interact. You know, when they need our permission. Um, so, I definitely see communities being built up. I, I definitely see. 
um, stuff like this, like the clubhouse, like the Discord communities. Um, black people are more savvy these days, you know, like like we're realizing that we don't need the, the white man system. And, uh, and, and I think um, the next five years, it's going to be a massive shift. And, you know, when black folks start to see other black folks doing things, they, it's, it's going to be like a, a, a trickle effect, I think. And um, with the communities, um, like that community in Atlanta and some other communities that I think are going to start sparking up, I think they inspired a lot of people. Um, but, you know, even in the book, they say that that's what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, love. I'd like to add to that. Um, oh, sorry. Somebody's snoring in my background. <laughs> but um, I definitely think that sovereignty is the ultimate goal, like, for people just to be sovereign in general, um, whether that be from finances, foods, mindsets, um, self-awareness. But even from the nonprofit sector, because that's where my life work is, um, I've recognized even in given trends that Black people have been one, like, of the most philanthropic um just masses or community and giving as it relates to giving back. And so that doesn't have to just be in monetary funds that could be in um, different types of giving, whether it be just like leveraging the resources or whatever, but even just the amount of giving that has um, expanded and gone up and increased in the last year, um, it's just really insightful, of course, but what to expect. Cause like the last gentleman just said, we don't really have to ask for much. And I think Lionel was touching on this the other night when he was just talking about like that hiccup in that generation. Whereas I know for me, I'm kind of like a zillennium, I'm 22, but it's like, um, I understand I have that maturity, that mindset, especially when it relates to just like uh, being open minded and not taking everything so liberally, quote unquote, that's like being fed to us, like on the news and stuff. And I know a lot of just even um, Z, what are they? The, the Generation Z, like, you know, they got a mouthpiece on them. And of course, every generation feels that way when it's their time. But I think the access to information and just revenues and money is uh, so far advanced than it was years ago. I like that term, zillennial. I'm going to start claiming that. Yes, girl. I think also um, I wanted to add about um, mindset. Um, there's a lot in the mindset because we haven't got the same mindset, sadly, as other cultures. Like when I look at um, this, and this is not to downgrade us at all. It's just to say, it's just because we've gone through what we've gone through. So when you look at... Um, the Jewish culture and the Asian culture, their mindset is very, make the money, make the money, don't spend the money. And I heard, I read in a book that they, allegedly they say that um, money to black people is liquid gold because it just drips through our hands. And I'm in the luxury branding business, so um, I often resell luxury goods. And for my Filipina friends, it's so easy to do that. Like they'll do lives and they'll say, yeah, I've got this handbag. Oh, that was my chair. <laughs> I've got this handbag and it was beautiful. And, you know, all their friends would be like, yeah, I want it. La, 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 la. But what I found difficult is in even in friendship circles, it's like, no, or I want it for less or is it genuine? And it's just a lot. And it's like they would rather get it from... So I literally, one time I, I got my Filipino friend to, 
to sell something and she ended up selling it to a black person and it's like do you know what I mean it was just silly but there's this thing if it's not if it's from another black person and it's nothing to do with anything natural like um herbal goods or something like that it's not as good as sometimes and um even I think it was CJ Walker no not Madam CJ Walker but somebody that you'll find a lot of heads of um black owned businesses but they have to pretend they're white and this is not just to white clients but this is also to black clients because sometimes we have that inferiority complex that it's not as good as if it's if it's you know got a black person on the front clubhouse logo I'm looking at you allegedly (laughs) but um so what I want to say is we have to change the mindset of if it's our friends or if it's our fat and I know a lot of people who've got their family businesses they'll get really upset because their family will not buy from them but other people will and so I and it's it's such a weird concept because I had a Somalian friend and she would always go to this restaurant every Wednesday and I was like why and she would say oh because I'm going to support my Somalian brother because it wasn't her brother brother but you know like you know in the the wider context because it was one of their own um if you go to an in there was an Indian play and it was packed out because they wanted to support their own so I think when it comes past things that are herbal and things that are seen as source products and just normal everyday products like clothes or and businesses or services we have to see that it's just as good as and I also wanted to comment on the fact that this is not doom and gloom at all because oh another thing I wanted to say also from the luxury brand perspective is the youngers because they love luxury branding and this is nothing new like dapper damn times you know this is not a new concept but the problem is the price point is so high and this is dangerous because what happens is you're going to have people out there that get the money and they spend it on these designer items that in a few years unless it's an Hermes bag or something like that has has literally not that much worth so I think there has to be yes we're making the money but are our next generation of legacy and um, what's their mindset towards money what's their attitude towards money is it deferred gratification where they're like no I'll save it or is it like fam I don't know if I'm gonna even live tomorrow I'm gonna get those Gucci high tops or whatever but the last thing I want to say it's not doom and gloom because we're where we're really spreading with education you know the irony is it's taken us back to the roots of verbal and of spreading knowledge and of spreading wisdom and I remember I was in the room yesterday and so many sisters were just dropping um knowledge and and wisdom so I think it can actually work in our flavor in our favor cutting out all this noise but what I will say is just train the youngers when it comes to legacy, because there's no point us building all this up and us working so hard and the youngers end up um, losing their money because they're not used to legacy wealth. Love or Kobe. <laughs> God damn it, Kobe. Kayla, I'd like to veggie back on what Liza said. Oh, yeah. And we're going to wrap it up with, with the brother Lynette. Okay. Um, so going back to your first point, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because, like, that's not what I'm about. But I just wanted to, like, show a different perspective on it. Um, I feel like 
society has like put the stigma on black people about how like, you know, maybe this isn't authentic gold that they're selling me or maybe this will break after five days or whatever. But like, I also feel like it's, it's also from experience too. And I hate to say this about my people, but like I have been in so many situations that I, and I love to give black people like my patronage, my time, whatever services. It's just like, I've, I've gotten screwed over by my people so much and that's not all the time because I've definitely gotten great services and great products from black people. But like, it's like also I've gotten a great ton of like just disappointments after disappointments. Like they'll try to cheat me, you know, I mean, it's certain people though, you know, it's not just about the full race, but like, if we're talking about, you know, race and not just the person, it's like, I've been multiple, I've been in situations where I've, I've gotten screwed over. I've gotten cheated. I've gotten played. It's, you know, not authentic or whatever. And I just feel like not all of us, but a lot of us need to start doing better when it comes to like, you know, especially selling to our people. Like, you know, if you're going to provide a service, then do the best service you can do. You know, like don't try to cut corners. Don't try to do X, Y, and Z or whatever. Trying to squeeze a penny or whatever. Like be be that authentic service. If you want people to really, you know, buy whatever your product is, like make sure your product is authentic. Make sure your product is going to work or whatever, you know, like, and I know things happen, but I'm just like, it, it just seems like maybe it's just a phenomenon with me or, you know, with, you know, a handful of people, but it's happened. So I just feel like that, That's just what also plays into society's trope about, oh, you know, don't trust the black man, don't trust the black woman or their services. I just feel like we should do a little bit better as well as give our patronage to each other. Yeah, so um, I I hear that, right? Um, But then I watch the same people say stuff like that, not necessarily you, because I don't know who you shop with, but but then I watch the same black people that say that go and get shitty service from other races, right? Go buy, go buy inferior products from other races. Um, I seen, I don't know if y'all saw the video of, you know, we've seen a bunch of videos of these Asian motherfuckers, um, not just disrespecting, but being violent towards black women in the nails, the nail shops and the hair salon and the hair shops and shit. Right. Um, it was one in Chicago where this Asian dude, it was a nail salon. It was about three minutes from my house. Um, this Asian dude motherfucking was beating up this, this black woman. This black dude went, tore the joint up, um, bust out the windows and shit. God damn it. And then the very next day that they opened up, a line of black women up in that bitch. You get what I'm saying? Um, same thing with, I think it was a joint out in New York. Where this the age the Asian store owner was beating up on black women or some shit was in New York or Houston or some shit, and then <clears throat> the Asian motherfucker put put a sale on motherfucking Yaki or the Brazilian, and the black chicks was lined up around the corner like it was literally a line around the fucking corner. Oklahoma, it was that Oklahoma, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the idea of well, man, black people just got to do better. 
Mm, nah, because we see black people uh, getting less than seller service, getting shitty ass products, getting shitty service, getting assaulted from other races and still going back there, literally still going back there where they just got their ass whooped or where one of their people just got their ass whooped or where their friend got their ass whooped. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's like the other person is thinking this. Just because your neighbor is doing that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do that. You know, like just because the Asians are out here treating black people like. No, so no. My my point is, it's not about the service. My point is, Mm -hmm. it's not about the product because um, you are going to get your money to somebody else for for, and and get fucked over in the deal and not say shit. Right. It's it's strictly about doing business with black people. Right. And I think that's a um, that's some that deep, deep rooted self hate. Right. that when when everything is going good and so this this literally goes to um the project blue beam shit right so if anybody um uh, the 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 psychology applies so project blue beam um the psychology of it is that the reason that we're all divided is because there is no external threat so all these presidents was like yo imagine how on one accord the world would be during the alien invasion right and we talked about this chop brought that shit up um even with if you watch the um uh if you watch uh what's that the watchman either the movie or the tv show there was both the essentially it was the same thing where they faked an external threat for the sake of everybody coming together right so oddly enough <clears throat> during corona shit first happened Right. And motherfuckers uh, talked about, you know, the Asians, where all that shit came from. And people stopped patronizing Asian places. Motherfucking and black businesses booming. Right. Because of the external threat or when uh, the shit happened down in um, then Ferguson, when the shit happened in Minnesota. Right. We come together. Right. Um, it's just that when there is no external threat um, that's um, being highlighted we go back to the internal self-hate, right? And so when you talk about, um, and this kind of rolls into what, what the question was, right? So what, where do we see this shit being in five years, right? Um, politically, we're immature. Um, we don't know how to sustain movements, right? Um, we don't, um, because we aren't brought up in the atmosphere and culture of living by a codified be- uh, system of behavior, um, and because we are <clears throat> under attack, which, um, when, when you deprive a people of resources, naturally they become, um, uh, enemies of one another. They fight for resources, right? <clears throat> so, um, it's not necessarily our fault, but it's some shit we got to fucking work through. Right. Um, and so unless we can find a way to sustain um, the same energy that we, uh, that we demonstrated, which got these Asian motherfuckers um, shook to the point where they had to get fucking stimulus checks and all kinds of loans and shit. Um, Cause we stopped fucking with they shit. Right. They literally build their businesses off of us. Right. These Asian motherfuckers, they literally built their business off of us. The Arabs, they literally, build their business off of us if we stop going to their shit they shit with their businesses will fold their economy would fucking fold um we talk about we talk all the time about 
um, how they are, uh, say they, they're a self-contained unit, they shot with each other. Um, but what we don't talk about is the fact that there's not enough of them to sustain their self. They need us. Right. And this, this, this goes just to, this goes the same thing to, um, to vote. Right. They need us. Right. And we're not, um, intellectually, uh, uh, sophisticated enough to understand how to flex power. Right. Um, and, and that's what our problem is. <clears throat> and so when I think about what the fuck is going, what we're going to be at in five years, it is completely dependent on what we do right now in this moment. Right. This is the moment where we grow up, where we have to grow up because it's a whole lot of shit going on. Right. And we need to fucking recognize that shit. Right. <clears throat> the world, like, Everything is being reconstructed around us. And unless we reconstruct ourselves with it, unless we 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 uh, we engineer ourselves to be better than our previous versions, we're going to end up in a worse position than what we are. Right. Um, and so when I think about what does five years down the line look like, it is solely dependent on um, the conversations that we have right now today. Um, how serious we take the idea of living by a code, right? Um, the code of living black first, shopping black first, being black first. That's where this whole shit is going to hinge on. If we continue to punish these motherfuckers, not just punish them, but drive their ass out of fucking business, right? When we stop giving them our money, right? I intentionally go look for black restaurants to eat at. Even though I, sometimes I eat jerk chicken fucking two, three days in a row. Just just because I'm looking for a fucking black business. Right? Yes. But, but that's nigga, that that's the mentality we gotta have. And we gotta move as a unit to eat to de- <clears throat> like deplete each one. Like restaurants first. And then exactly. like bring back someone. Like um my mom made my prom dress. I won best prom dress at my prom. It was ninety-four. But I'm just saying her and my grandmother made a lot of my brother and sister's clothes. And they, you know, my oldest brother was 18 years old when I was born. So they clothes were made for them. So we got to get back into buying even clothes that are made, uh, socks, uh, everything. We got to break it all the way down. The, the uh, sanitary napkins are made by Honey Bee. She's black on, you know, everything. Got, we got to try to attack it all. Let's just let's get them. Or it's time to throw them. And I feel like we also need to make sure we put ourselves first while we do these businesses too. There's a lot of people who are not woke out here, and there's a lot of people who don't understand the so, like the social impact that you know buying black does. So we also got to be on our p's and q's with quality. Right. So, um. Like I said, we, we, some, some shit we going to work out as we go, right? The, the, fur, the most important shit we got to focus on is um, living on the code, right? That's what's going to make this whole shit go. Um, we get codified doing specific times uh, and specific instances, right? But we don't sustain that shit because we, we watch too much fucking TV and we let these niggas pump fake us into thinking, um, that they're going to do something. Oh, you know what? Some real fucked up shit happened. We're going to change. 
right? They never fucking change. And we need to understand that shit. They ain't never going to change, right? They live um, on the idea of anti-black racism. That's what this country is built on, right? And they don't do shit for us unless we bend the fucking system to our will, right? And so we have to, one, get very, very comfortable with flexing power. We got to understand what power looks like and get, and then get comfortable with flexing that shit. Get unapologetic about being who the fuck we are, right? Um, and so um, when we talk about five years from now, right, it's solely dependent on the work we do today. Right. Um, and to to uh, to Lisa's point, it ain't got to be gloom and doom. Right. Other groups flex power. Right. They're used to it. Um, they've been doing it for for some time. We got to we got to learn what does winning look like. Right. Some people are like we, we, we we're, we're, we're so used to not fucking winning. We're so used to not flexing power. Right. That when we do and it works, we start fucking celebrating. I think back to um, it was a few years ago when the uh there was a president of university of missouri right he felt it was some racial issues happening on campus and he just let that shit go the football team the black people on the football team was like man we ain't playing fuck y'all the next week before the next game because they was like yeah we're not playing before the next game that white man was going at his position that's us flexing power right so and motherfuckers celebrated that shit and they get scared when we do that we have to learn how to get comfortable with them being fucking scared. Right. I was watching and <clears throat> I was watching the video on, I think it was, uh, who, who put up the videos? It was on, um, it was on Twitter. Right. And this is analogous, analogous. I think it's analogous of, yeah, I think analogous is the word of what the, of what the world does. It was this white girl bullying this black chick. The black chick wasn't fighting back. Um, and people, adults were standing around not doing shit. Um, watching this big white girl just kind of beat up on the on the on the nerdy little black chick, right? People was laughing, and the adults were standing around laughing, and it was like, you know, it was it was funny to everybody. And so while she was in the middle of kind of bullying this little black girl, another black girl came up, grabbed that bra about from behind, and started whooping her ever loving ass. And then it became a problem. Then adults jumped in and was breaking shit up and was, ho, ho, wait, wait, wait. Mm. Right. So, and I've seen many videos like that where white people are picking on black people. And then when the black person responds, now it's a fucking problem. Right. They're so used to us not defending ourselves on that turn the other cheek bullshit and, and taking the high road and being motherfucking victims that when we stand up and we start whooping ass, it's a fucking problem. Everybody gets uncomfortable. Assholes get clenched. Get what I'm saying? We got to get comfortable with they assholes being clenched. Right now, we're not comfortable with that shit. We see the motherfuckers looking at us scary, and we be like, hold on, wait, wait. I'm not a threat. Fuck that shit. I'm a threat. I'm all of that shit. All that shit you scared I am, that's what I am. And we got to get comfortable with that shit. Right? And unless we get comfortable, goddamn it, with them being fucking nervous then we're going to be fucking forever subservient. That's what I got. I wanted to just quickly add in... Oh, did you say love? Sorry. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe. Now, I just wanted to quickly add in, also, you've got to be aware 
but everyone is so flipping smart. And um, what they'll do is, even in London, um, shout out to all the Londoners, you know, the area that I'm going to say, Halsden. But Halsden is an area that had all the um, hair and the weave and the wig shops, right? And um, what they do is, over there, they also had a lot of people from Asia, but the other, the other Asia, like India, Bangladesh, Pakistan. And what I noticed is what they started to do is they started to have black people as the face. So they would be the ones who would, before it would always be Asian people who would give you the product that you needed. But then after a while, they started um, having black people as the face. So it looked like, for all intents and purposes, a black shop. The, the logo would have a beautiful black woman on the logo. So you'd think it was a black-owned shop, but it never, ever was. So I just have to say, and, and that's happened a lot with, like, T-shirt shops and clothes shops. They'll, they'll look like it's um, stores. <laughs> it will look like it's a, a black-owned online store. But then when you look in the fine print, it will say, like, Xinjiang or somewhere like that. It will It will not be you know, like in the States or anything like that. So what I'm trying to say to everyone is just be aware as we climb, people are watching us climb and they're saying, okay, you have that. Let me take a bit of that and let me pretend to be you. So just be wary. We have to do our due diligence. If we um, patronize somewhere, um, we have to always, even if it's a restaurant, we have to make sure that the funding, the money behind it, everything is done by um black owned business truly love kobe hey kobe all right go ahead and that's the last one go ahead oh okay uh real quick too uh just to kind of go off of what queen was saying yeah um i just want to start out by saying like i think another way to do that and to to uplift the, the community and how we we start our days and how we do this is to kind of share positivity throughout the day because, you know, we talk about a lot of how we can build the black community, support black people, this, this, and then the third. But I think half of that, you know, I think we forget that that doesn't just, you know, require money, you know, that that can require time, you know, volunteering, you know, um, like with the Fred Hampton movie, you know, just rebuilding the the headquarters, you know, Everybody came to support, not necessarily with money, but with their body, with their time, with their efforts. You know, so I just also want to throw that out there, you know, just because you don't necessarily have to have money to support somebody, you know what I'm saying, or to help somebody grow. You know what I'm saying? I think that's where a lot of people kind of get, you know, confused. Or I got to have this so many resources or this, this, that, and the third. But yet your body alone is a resource. So, you know. I would just think I just want to encourage everybody to do that. And also, you know, once again, just do something small, you know, go encourage the next person. Let them know, especially in the back in the black community, like their value, you know what I'm saying? And that they mean something. Love y'all. All right. All right. I appreciate you guys tapping in, man. I feel like it was a fruitful conversation. Um, thank you to everybody who listened. Uh, about to open another room afterwards. We did something amazing. We actually recorded probably the first safe, safe spaces, OTG safe spaces podcast. This is probably episode one. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, 
I think we're doing something pretty dope. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad that y'all rock with me. Uh, one time, everybody who was in here, when you hear me say it, run it up from now on for the people who get on stage and all the people who go comment and drop a pen. When I do the room resets, I'm going to tell people go run the comments up, which means click the top left profile, go to Instagram, go network, go like all the comments over there. That's a lot of them. Might turn out to be a lot of followers for you. You never know. Go run it up one time. Um, click the link in the bio if you want to be a part of the Safe Spaces crew. If you want to get part of, be a part of the Overtime Grind Discord community. If you just want support, want to donate $3, $5, $10, it helps support these rooms and, and the capabilities of the things that we're, we're doing black on. So you can go there or you can just follow the instructions in my bio. OTG123, click that open. OTG123.org. Click that open. Click the first two links. It'll take you everywhere you need to go at the very bottom. You can click donate. It doesn't cost any money. You can just go check out all of our sites across the internet. Tap in from LinkedIn to Facebook. Every single one. Pure transparency for me. That's the way I ride. So, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, definitely tap in. I say unmute your mics and give yourself a hand. That was four hours and four minutes. Pretty amazing. Run it out, run it out. We about to open another room. It's late night, so I think I'm going to uh, drop a pin and maybe do some type of subject. You guys will see here in a second. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.